Blog Talk Radio. combination of um, Oscar nods, bitching about the Star Wars, and then at 9.45, my original co-host, Queenie Todd, will call in, and we will do the Sexy Witch Round Robin of 2019, which means we'll talk about our favorite films of the year. It's always fun, but first, let me introduce one of my sexy witches right now to you. The other one, sit tight for a few and have a drink. Enjoy the show for a few minutes. Uh, please welcome to the show my enchantress of Nevermore, Raven Jasper Hawk. Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches, and how is Portland treating you? My goodness, that's great to be here. Um, Portland is treating me so nicely, uh, much better than our last relationship we had. They say never get back together with your exes, but I think Portland and I have both learned enough apart from each other uh, that we found the right time to meet back up. So it's been going well. Well, excellent. Now, um, I was supposed to premiere last week, and and I had to apologize to you because we had a tragedy or, or I don't know if the tragedy is the right word, but we had a, we had an issue in the family, and it needed to be addressed. So I was really preoccupied with family. I've been preoccupied with family since Thanksgiving, to be honest with you. Uh, but this was important. This was father-in-law in the basement. We had to help him out. Um, so I do apologize, but because we just buttress right up to what I'm leading to is you're at tech rehearsal, or you're about to go to tech rehearsal for your new show. So plugs your That's shows right. and. And tell them what you're doing, and then afterwards, sure. you're. What, I'm gonna have you read straight up, no chaser. Your countdown, ten to one of your favorite films oh, of shit. 2019. <laughs> so, Miss okay. Raven Jasper Hawk, who's getting paid mm-hmm. doing things she loves and stuff. That's awesome. Look out! <laughs> the mic is yours. Well, thank you. So I'm about to head to our final dress rehearsal for the cult comedy Sorted Lives by Del Shore. Excuse me. I'm playing the role of Sissy, and she's, I don't know how I got this role, a really sarcastic asshole, but is also really sweet. Um, So it's a big stretch if you want to see some acting range, because, you know, sarcasm's new to me. 
Uh, and we open, we have a preview audience tomorrow, and then we open January 24th, and we run through February 9th. Twilight Theater is in North Portland, uh, kind of near St. John's, but uh, it's it's worth the ride if you're, you know, not always in North Portland. It's not always the hippest place to be, but this theater is doing amazing work, and um, it's a great coming out story. It's a great comedy, and you should go. It's sweet. Excellent. All right. You want me to go I ahead didn't realize and... you were done. Are you nervous? I was already done you... already. Wow, you were no, done. That I, was uh... amazing. <laughs> I was trying to be concise due to time restraints. <laughs> ah, well, you know what? Because you were so concise to time restraints, and we got a couple minutes here, we have two callers. You want to bring them on? Oh, nice. Why right. not? I'm bringing on two callers, but we're going to have to keep it. Uh, we got 4110 area code and 304 area code. You're on with the sexy witches. Hello? Hello? hello. All right. Let's start with 410. Who is this? What's your operating number? Oh. Oh, I know what it is. That's the evil genius Okay, 304, we'll call you. Hey, hello, how's everyone? Hello, Hello. how's everyone? Good, everyone's fine. I can't tell, is this Steve? Yes. Oh, okay. Hi, Steve. Say your name, how you feeling, dude? Thank you. Hey, how's it going? I'm okay. I'm having a little uh, stomach and throat issues, so that's fun. But nevertheless, I'm happy to be here. All right, well, sit tight, Steve. Um, we are um, we'll we are at 9.06, and I'm letting for the next few 10 minutes here, Raven read her favorite films of 2019, which is always an interesting list because she comes at it from different angles. So, Raven, do oh, awesome. it. All right. Well, here we go. So, a uh, little preface here. There are so many big titles that people are talking about that I haven't had the opportunity to see yet. And I suspect as they become available on streaming media that my 2019 list will fluctuate. Uh, Everything on my list is actually currently streaming now except for one title. So I'll also mention where I saw them in case anybody else wants to check them out too. But that being said, there's some huge titles that I'm not ignoring. It's just they're in the theater and I haven't seen them yet. So I'm aware of gotcha. that. All right. So. Oh, you, you have no 10. idea how long my list is of happy <laughs> Go, 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 go. I was playing Tetris with titles for hours. So my number 10 is a documentary called Honeyland, which is available on Hulu. It's a North Macedonian documentary, and it's in the Macedonian language, which I had never even heard before. I knew Macedonia existed. In fact, I've flown over it, but I didn't know there was a Macedonian <laughs> language even though I majored in Greek history. So that did well. Uh, that, story, <laughs> that story is about the last female. She's, she's considered like a bee hunter. Uh, she, she's helping the bee population in Macedonia while also helping like her village get fed <laughs> and start this. She, she's the bee economy in Macedonia. It's really interesting. They show a lot of her everyday life and it was really well made. Um, so check that out if you're into documentaries at all or want to hear some Macedonian. Number nine is 
also a documentary, which is on Netflix, called Tell Me Who I Am. That was directed by Ed Perkins. And in this documentary, there is a set of twins, and one twin loses his memory after an accident. And it's up to the other twin to help fill in the memories, because the other twin is the only memory the first twin can remember. I know I have a twin brother, and that's all he knows. Um, as the movie unfolds, you start to see that the truths that the twin with the memory have are being curated to make it seem like the twin with the injury had a better life than he did. But his trauma keeps coming up. Uh, so this is a really, it's hard to watch. There's a lot of serious subject matter. There's a lot of stuff about trauma and child abuse. I'm really glad I watched it. Um, and I think it's an important piece of film, especially. Um, just going to throw this out here. The last, uh, in the last 30 days, I was diagnosed with both PTSD and CPTSD. And it's been a little difficult to navigate as I figure out what's automatic learned responses, what's trauma. And something like this is really helping me kind of pull my head on straight. So it's been really useful and I recommend it. Um, let's see. Then we come to number eight, my first non-documentary on the list um, from my best friend's A24, Ooh, The Hole in the Ground. That. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. I'm glad someone had that hole on the, the ground. list. I Go ahead. I really enjoyed this. So, um, Irish Irish horror <laughs> always has a special place in my heart. A24 mm -hmm. really can't do any wrong to me. I, I trust them. And uh, I love stuff with creepy kids and, and <laughs> just the way, the way this film is done sucked me in uh, right quickly. It's a nice uh, it's it's rather simple in some ways, but there's a lot to think about, and I love movies like that. Uh, and then let's see, moving on to number seven, my only theatrical release was the final cut of Apocalypse Now, which I got to see on my 40th birthday. Um, this cut, even though I like the director's cut better, still um, it's still showing up on my list because it gives me insight to what Coppola. Uh, what his intentions were when he was making Apocalypse Now, and it's almost like getting uh, a behind this behind the scenes sneak peek at his brain and where he was coming from. So I, when that comes out uh, on a streaming service, just run to walk. It's uh, wow, there's a lot going on there. Um, and then moving on to number six, I've got one of my favorite directors, Martin Scorsese. But hey, it ain't The Irishman. It's <laughs> <laughs> on my list, but not on my top ten. Um, I'm surprised that this isn't the title that Scorsese is getting a nod for this year. The documentary Rolling Thunder Review, a Bob Dylan story, so which is on yeah. Netflix. I thought it was, even though it's longer than The Irishman, was way much more digestible. I watched Rolling Thunder Review in one day, and it took me a week to watch The Irishman. Yeah. Uh, but maybe it's just the subject matter. I'm not sure. <laughs> but that being said, check it out. It's uh, really good. And number five, I think it's my only animated thing on my top ten, which is... Uh, Netflix, it's on Netflix, and it's called I Lost My Body. I just the saw that animated. two days ago. Is, I, 
I really yeah. liked it. Now, others. Go ahead. Talk it's about, about it. It's weird. It's a, <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's about a severed hand that escapes from a dissection lab. But other than that, it's a pretty normal story. Hmm. <laughs> so it's interesting because there's this juxtaposition of absurdity with really relatable themes. And the animation is beautiful. And I love listening to French. I love French animated movies. Um, it was really unique. And I can't remember if it's on the nomination list for animation. It but is. if it's yeah, not, it's, it is. oh, it is. Good. Yes. Uh, check that one out for sure. Really interesting. And then yeah, I think my top four um, are probably a little more along the line with uh, a lot of other people's, minus the huge titles I was talking about that still aren't streaming. So my number four uh, is Marriage Story on Netflix. Um, I just saw that too. Oh my gosh. Uh, I, have, I think we've all had broken hearts. And even though this is how do we how do we create our new way? What's our new normal now that we're divorced? Um, you don't have to have gone through a divorce or to have figured out custody with a child to find this movie relatable. Um, there's a huge theater underlining to it, so I found a, a great connection with that as as Adam Driver's character is a theater director. Um, and it's just really honest. Um, it's very verbose. There's a lot of dialogue, it's a huge dialogue heavy movie. And so sometimes the blocking is a little forced because it looks like, okay, this person needs to move. They've been talking for five minutes. <laughs> um, and that would be my only qualm really. Uh, but Adam Driver, um, especially when he's singing being alive from company, uh, it broke my heart and put my heart together all at once. Really loved it. Number mm-hmm. three, I love movies about making movies. So hmm. Dolomite is my name on Netflix. Kicked my ass. <laughs> uh, you know, based on a true story about how the black exploitation underground got started. He is the black Ed Wood. Uh, it is amazing mm-hmm. the things that these people accomplished to try to get this genre into existence. Uh, and without these people, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have people like uh, Jordan Peele and, um, you know, even just the thought that a black person can direct was really shocking at the time. Um, And now, thankfully, it's becoming more normalized. um, And to see the trajectory of how far and how fast uh, filmmaking has come from black exploitation to where black comedies and black action films are today. It's amazing. Uh, totally check that out. If you're a movie nerd, if you're listening, you probably are. <laughs> and number five course, on my uh, list. Wesley Snipes <laughs> has such a delightful role in that too. Yes, I totally agree. Um, oh, it, it'll come up in the, minute. we'll talk about it more on the t- round robbing. I'm I think sure we you all will. have it in our top five. I, I do bet too. you do. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, well, so the that theater geek in me love that. All right. Let's oh, do one. for sure. Okay. Well, let me get my number two. Oh, yeah. Uh, my I'm number sorry. two. That's all right. <laughs> my number two is Midsummer, uh, which Yay. recently dropped on Amazon Prime. Um, I I really like Ari Aster, and um, it's hard not to compare this to Hereditary, but it really is its own world, its own project. 
and I was ready to be combatant and tear it apart. I was ready to say, hey, you're in daylight all the time now. You better get your shadows right. If it's noon, you better have higher shadows than you do when it's midnight. Perfect. He did it perfectly. The editing is amazing. (laughs) All these little OCD things that pissed me off didn't happen at all. (laughs) And then it's such a great love letter to the Wicker Man. So, oh, my God. Just beautiful stuff. And I love culty movies no matter what. And my number one is interesting because I think that a few of the other films on my left are actually made more, I guess you could say, correctly. There's less (laughs) editing continuity errors and stuff like that. But I still love the project as a whole, and that would be Us. Um, The first time I watched it, I had some, I I couldn't get it out of my head for about a week. And I did go watch it again at a second run theater. And that's when I noticed, wow, there's a lot of editing errors and mistakes. It is not the perfect Uh film uh, by Uh any means. But (laughs) it was still my favorite because I loved the world he made. And I loved all of the 80s stuff. And just like the San, I grew up near the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. And so um, just all the tiny mini love letters to everything that made Jordan Peele, the movie lover he is, is hidden in that film. Sometimes well hidden and sometimes he throws it in your face. So um, it's it's not just, yeah, that's awesome. It's not just Santa Cruz. It's specifically Santa Cruz 1987. Exactly. That's that makes kind a of a badass thing to do because they mentioned that the Lost Boys is being filmed, and it right. makes it just they just that part of it I thought was really cool. But they would never have that the the dark ride you know with the with the walkthrough with the forest and everything. They yeah, there would never be anything that cool on that boardwalk like that. No, and it wouldn't be off of the boardwalk. They had it down the steps where it's actually uh, it on the sand because. The when stand, the waves yeah. come in, it actually goes all the way up to the boardwalk. So if you had to ride there, it would be flooded every week. No, so, that's why yeah, the stage I don't is care. so tall. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no right. you can't you can't put anything there. I mean, you know, I, I, but I, the only thing that's truly, honestly, like original and amazing on the boardwalk, and I love the boardwalk. Don't get me wrong, is the Little yeah. Dipper roller coaster, which is of course uh, a masterpiece. Yeah. But uh, you know, that's right. another story. Dipper, but yeah. thank you for your list. That was a wonderful list, and yeah. us was a I wish I could stay. ending. I wish you could too, awesome, but you gotta get your tech one on <laughs> and know. break a leg, but not like thank my grandfather you. did. But break a leg. I will not. And <laughs> And, um, you know, I'm sorry. Was it too soon for that joke, Aaron? I apologize. Uh, so, uh, oh, gosh. I'm, Gallo's humor is already drifting out. People are like, Liz, oh, you're yeah. evil. Oh, no, sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, Vin, much love. And we will hopefully in February, the next episode will be, you'll be done. And we will have our Oscar yep. recap and you'll come for that, right? Yes, I actually have a show during the Oscars, so this is the first year I can't watch them live in very many, many years. I'm going to be flying home from Atlanta, so I'm going to miss the ceremony, (sighs) but but that's okay. We'll get the highlights. I'll catch up. And 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 the, we don't need to watch the ceremony to for the awards itself. So you know we can talk. That's true. And I have Hulu, so I can watch it. Now, I bought Hulu yeah, finally. Same. I broke down, and I'm nice. so glad I did because uh, one film made my top ten, 
and it, from it from Hulu and another one I saw today I almost made my top 10 which would uh, we'll talk about later um, but thank you and uh, let me bring on the rest of sexy witches who have been so patient at Raven they've been sitting here <laughs> listening to us so let's get my groove on and my sexy witch on welcome to the show we're going to bring on the, uh, the the first part of the panel Erin Marie how are you doing? Fucking Forge, Virginia, my sexy porn witch. What's up? Not much, not much. I tried to get as much movie watching in this past week as I possibly could. There's my hellhound. <laughs> Excellent. So did I. So did I. I actually, considering how much drama there's been in my life and, and work has been crazy, um, I've actually got quite a few films in this week. I even paid for one and it squeaked into my top ten. It was worth it. Um, all right. So, sit tight. We're going to move over to Charleston, West Virginia. Welcome, my hey, Rebo Nerds co-host, Steve, the Wizard of Wandling. How you doing? Hey, I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. well. I know that you I know you don't feel well, but you know what? I always do the show sick. Erin Marie can vouch. She does the show sick a lot, too. Uh, so we can suck it up. We can survive, right? We can, we got this. We got this. We got, we this. got Excellent. this. And of course, my cousin, my partner in crime, the or the warlock of Orange County, Aaron Kogan. He's on with the sexy witches. And how are you doing? I'm hanging in there, you know. Just uh, yeah. yeah, making it. We 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 are forever bonded by geekdom and family issues at the same time so you know we yep. we are kindred spirits but we have a we have did you get your release in Aaron? yes i did and i got Good. invited to the facebook uh page and or group and yeah Oh, good. I want to make sure all that went down. Um, he and Paul have been invited to come to set with me. So um, they're going to come and do the film Oh, cool. So um, I'm going to, That's you know, so we're awesome. shooting the, the FP3 and 4 Thanks. on the weekend of the 22nd in the Fraser Park up in the mountains in the gra- yeah. above the grapevine in L.A. So it'll be awesome. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's uh, going to be a blast. We'll talk about um, I have to get my costume ready. Uh, I haven't even had a chance. Paul already has one. Um, the Moss ate one of his best suits and it's full of holes. So we're just going to oh. stress the fuck out of that and use it. So, and Very they have cool. a green, they painted a room with green screen green. We have a green screen. Nice. That's wild. Yeah. So that's cool. Oh no. Somebody dropped. Which one dropped? Uh-oh. Not it me. might have been there. I, no, I think me. it was Raven. Raven dropped. Um, uh, well, that's fine. She was going to drop anyway. So, bye, Raven officially dropped. Uh, Raven is now doing the tech on you. Yep, that's her saying bye, everybody. Bye. Everyone say goodbye, Raven. Bye, bye, bye Raven. Raven. Okay. Oh, She's getting her tech on, her actress on. We all love her. Oh, and yeah. So, that's why I let her read her list a la carte like that. So, um, She's going to listen to the theater when she's off stage because she's doing tech rehearsal and she's an actress. So she has to sometimes wait a long time. So you know, she'll be able to listen in. So uh, we'll, I remember we'll, those we'll... days. I used to have a uh, T-shirt that said, I can't. I have rehearsal. Yeah, no. That's, <laughs> oh, that's what's happening awesome. right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 
Before we get into our sexy weeks round, Robin, let's take a few minutes to do two things. One, and it, and I know that Aaron's been sh- and I have been chomping at the bit to talk publicly of our disdain for the new Star Wars movie. I mean, if you guys like oh. it, we might want to talk about that no. a little bit. But we also want to talk about the Oscar nomination. Now, I don't want to really like like dwell on snubs. I really want to look more about our predictions. If you understand what I'm okay. saying, so let's yeah. let's go ahead and start our predictions and let's go with this best picture. What do you um? I'm actually right now leaning towards 1917. I think it's, but I'm really waiting for the Directors Guild Awards this Sunday um, to see what gets that. And what gets that is a vote splits for Parasite. That might actually be really exciting. What yeah. do you think? It's, oh, it's either going to be I would Parasite, love to see Parasite. Or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that would if be it lovely. splits. If it splits, but um, right now with the Producer Guild giving 1917 the award, um, it automatically makes it the front runner. Uh, but but it is an open vote category, I believe. So anybody can vote. So we'll see what happens. But so we even then think it's going to be either 1917, Parasite, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. One of those three, right? Would well, that be a consensus? Yep. 1917. Usually the awards I look at. The awards I look at usually are the Golden Globes and the SAG Awards because they're usually a really good indicator. Uh, the SAG and Awards is not a good indicator this year. Um, yeah, Parasite, no, well, SAG Awards, the ensemble cast was Parasite. That does not indicate the best picture. Um, matter of fact, that's because none of the Parasite cast was actually nominated. Um, but it does cement one thing for sure that Joaquin Phoenix is going to win for Joker. Um, And uh, he's absolutely, Absolutely. I I see, I don't see him losing at this point or Laura Dern in marriage story. I don't think she's going to lose that either. Um, So she was, she was so good in that. (laughs) She was pretty good. Marriage story. Yeah. I agree with everything that Raven said about marriage story. Uh, It's definitely more of a play on film than an actual movie. Uh, You know, I get, I get a little like restless when people monologue and, but uh, but I also appreciate plays. You know, I love plays and and it felt like a play and and there was such a heavy you know vibe of work in there and Adam Driver is actually pretty darn good in it. Um, and so is Scarjo for that matter. Uh, but does does Scarjo actually deserve to win Best Actress right now? It's um the the front runner would be. What's her name? Renee Zellweger for Judy. But there's yeah. a, a lot of people who like want her ScarJo to win it. So where, what do we feel about that? I'm well, on ScarJo's team, actually. Um, I'm actually rooting for Scarlett Johansson as well. However, I do think that the Oscars has a really long history of giving it to people that do impersonations. It's not so much yeah. acting, but if it's based on a biopic, it's going to end up with the Oscar. Yeah, especially yeah, one of their own, like Judy. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, that definitely was a trend that way um, the last few years. Um, so I agree with you, Marie. That's good. I have a feeling that Renee Zellweger is going to squeak this out over Sargo. Be fun to watch. We'll see. I, you know, um, I that's actually one of the only things I have not yet to see, so I can't really comment. Ah, well, that's good. You should see it. it I mean, it's 
It's good. Noah Baumbach knows how to talk about divorce. Uh, Squid and the Whale is one of my favorite movies. And, uh, you know, and so he he's really good at nailing it and so worried going into this. Like, my, my husband didn't even want to watch it. He was like, no, we're not watching this. No, no, no. And I watched it, and, and it ends in a good place. Without spoiling it, it does. It ends in a naturally good place. And I was so fucking relieved. <laughs> you know, it could have gone, you know, th- there's so much happens, yet nothing happens. It's, it's an interesting film that way. Um, didn't make my top ten, actually, though. Um, but let's get on to – I want to skip to visual effects. And the reason why I'm jumping to visual effects because hmm. I want to talk about the four, five films in there. And one of them, Aaron Kogan, is uh-huh. Star Wars. So I'm leading in, as you say. Okay? So, ah, Star uh, this, Wars, The Rise of Bile. Yeah. Ah, Skywalker. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, okay. It, it's up against <laughs> Avengers Endgame. The Irishman, which I have no idea why they even thought that was oh, what? good. The uh, effects of the Irishman were horrible. Yeah. Yeah. The, Lion, oh my the Lion God. King and 1917. Now, honestly, I think that 1917 might be an upset win because uh, it's the hot shit technical movie. Um, and um, it's everyone, you know, it, it's, it's going to win both sound awards. So the chances of it winning... So, visual well it's pretty high um i do think if i had a choice between avengers and star wars i would go with the avengers yeah oh for sure for sure and don't forget don't forget lion king too i haven't seen Mm. the lion king yet and i know a lot of people had mixed feelings about it um, they thought it was too close, too uncanny valley. Some people thought. Yeah. Uh, I I haven't seen it yet. It doesn't come out until next week on on Disney Plus. Uh, I did see yeah. the Aladdin movie, <laughs> and I, I was surprisingly happy. I thought it was delightful. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it on your recommendation, actually. Yeah, I I was surprised. Aladdin was good. Um, I don't, I, I did not expect it to be that good. Um, I, I was, I was fully expecting it to be, eh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, um, at, at this point I've seen all the best animated features, but Toy Story 4 actually. Um, so I saw the other, other five, other four. Um, so Star Wars, how many of us have actually seen this movie? The new one. I saw yes. it. Me. Yeah, so I think like so all I, of us. Are... Okay, so it's good. I, I'm sure. I'm sure. Erin Marie's easy. I'm sure she loved it. Uh, I, I think, did. Yes, yes, I knew that would be the case. I'm not gonna diss on people who love this movie. I can see why they would love this movie. Yeah. I personally did not like this movie at all. Uh, I was. Like mm. felt like I was being slapped in the face for two and a half hours. Um, <laughs> I did like moments in the movie, moments, but they denied me the ones I wanted. I'm not even a fan mm-hmm. service fan girl. I'm like natural writing trajectory, and they denied right. it. And I, I, um, I think they pulled their punches a lot. Oh, that that's putting it on the whole movie. Yeah, I agree, Aaron. Well, I I honestly think that a lot of it has to do with Carrie Fisher not being able to fulfill a lot of what... Well said. I appreciate what they were able to do with what they had of her, 
You know what I mean? But it would have had yeah. a lot more punch if she had been able to deliver her lines. Well, I mean, from everything that I've read so far is she was supposed to be the last Skywalker. So, I, I mean, and she was supposed to come into her own as a Jedi. So, yeah, that would have been amazingly <laughs> different. And, yeah, I would have much seen that. Film. I yeah, think they did was... the best with what they had. No, J. they J. went with J.J. Abrams, Abrams, and that's never yeah. good. You know never, what? Ruffin ever, Johnson ever would have found a way to write around it, and he would have fixed it. Yeah. J.J. Yeah. Uh, Abrams can't write himself out of corners. J.J. Abrams is a decent director. I actually think visually the movie is very pretty. And he can cut, and the movie's cut okay. There's nothing. The editing's perfectly good, but the writing, the logic. There's no logic yeah. in this movie whatsoever. None. Um, you know, uh, it's not there. None. There's, like I said, there's some moments I liked. Um, I one thing that I thought was frustrating is the emperor himself, not him coming back to life. He does in other books. That's not an issue. I never had the, yeah. issue of the emperor coming back. Not at all. What I did have issue is is that. I've seen so many animes. I thought his character was pedestrian. His design himself. Yep. I, it, it should have been so much more. Like the It monster in It Chapter 2 was scarier. And that's a silly monster than, than, than the Emperor in, in, in Star Wars. And I, I, was, I really wanted to be way more terrified. Now if you were, let's just say I was four years old, maybe, and I'd never seen an anime in my life, maybe it would be terrifying. Maybe I have to see it from the eyes of a child. Maybe. Uh, but nothing's going to the I fact think... that he wanted uh, her, he wanted Ray dead in the first few minutes of the film, and then he wanted her to kill him so that she he could become her at the end. And, you know, there's, there's a bit of daylight between those two things. You know, it's I really feel like I'm getting slapped again. And that's not even the least worst thing about this movie. Ugh. Not even close, is it? No. No. But I don't want to rank on it too much because I do want to say there is a oh. one moment that made me jump. <laughs> no, I'll let Aaron, I'll let you rant some more, but I did want to say there was a, 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 the finale was frustrating. I thought it was too short. Even in a long movie, yeah. the the ending it just goes boom, it's over. I was like, wow, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, well, and. and 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 so it and because it was so short, it made the kiss at the end feel unearned, and it and it should have been earned, like they did. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Aaron Marie, the oh, kiss was yeah. awkward, but in context of the story, it's supposed to be there. But I don't think it was executed properly. Do you think? Am I? How do you feel about it? You're the you're the romantic one, the porn witch. Yeah. Aaron. I mean, <laughs> I guess we kind of waited for it from all of the other films, but it just didn't feel, I don't know, fresh. No, it it didn't work. And I wanted it to. I really wanted it to. Like I said, it should, it absolutely technically was an earned, but it didn't feel earned. Well, they wasted so much time in the movie with their stupid MacGuffins and the, hey, we've got to go find this thing over here so we can stop the laser over there. Bullshit. Right. Then yeah, but there really wasn't any character development whatsoever. And no. what arc there was was pretty effing stupid. 
I, I don't know if you've, you know, seen the memes, <laughs> but there are like, I don't know, two dozen. <laughs> Uh, what's your name? <laughs> and and Ray Skywalker is a fucking punchline now. Well done. Yeah. You ended nine films with a oh, sad trombone. Wah wah. Oh, no. um, damn. I, my I felt. Remember last time we talked, I said the one thing I wanted to see was a badass fight with the Knights of Rend, and we were denied that too. Oh, uh, we were so denied. I mean, I was oh, ready. The Knights of Ren are fucking a joke. Not uh, one yeah. laser weapon amongst them. Seriously, none of them, that. The Knights of Ren have clubs. The fuck? I mean, what? It makes no sense. God damn, Ryan Johnson's <laughs> battle with Victorian Guards was a thousand times better. A thousand times. That's one oh, of the, the most beautiful Oh, the throne scenes. room of, of all the Disney – okay, of all the Disney movies over the arc, my favorite single moment was the bat, lightsaber battle in the throne room in, in uh, yeah. the, the second film. Uh, it's brilliant. That's and, a lot and, of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily expecting them to top that, but I thought we'd get something comparable. But once again, I was like really feeling depressed, and then they threw something at me that made me jump and get a little happy. And it was who answered the call, Aaron, to save okay, say that again. the when the resistance is asking for help. Who brought the the the, the ships and answered the call? Lando, baby. No, it wasn't Lando. Uh uh-uh. Yeah. No, Lando. <laughs> went and got this guy, the guy who actually answers the helm wasn't Lando. It was Wedge and Tilly. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Which is like... And the actor is okay. actually, if I remember correctly, the actor is actually yeah, in real true. life uh, uh, Ian McGregor's uncle or something like that. <laughs> oh, really? I was, it, he's I old so. now, but it was so cool, cool. to see him. You know, he's um, for people, I'm sure people know that the only survivor of both Death Stars in the original trilogy outside the main cast was Wedge and Tilly's. Uh, and, sure. uh, you know, so he was in all three of the original movies. So to see him be the hero at the end, oh, it made yeah. me jump for joy. So I love that. I, just a I quick had moment. no joy at the end of it because it was... It was just so bad. I, I mean, the poster that we all loved so much, the Leroy, Leroy Jenkins poster of the one <laughs> X-Wing against the, the ghost fleet of Star Destroyers, promised oh, yeah. so much. And they delivered absolutely nothing of that. One of my I like friends... that poster better than the movie. Well, I felt that way about the Tomb Raider posters. I always think they look better than the movies. But um, yeah. what was it? Um, my my um, what was that? Oh, I totally lost my train of thought. But my friends were saying oh, something sorry. really funny about. No, it's okay. I, I'm space cadet. Um, yes, <laughs> gotta go. I'm being invaded by people that don't have good chargers. chargers. <laughs> there, go, go, go. <laughs> So I'm sure she'll be back in a few minutes. Um, anyway, Erin, anything you want to say about the Skywalker movie that you – oh, uh, I do uh, remember what I said, but go ahead. Go ahead. I'll talk in a minute. Uh, please. Well, I, I mean, 
they're talking about how it's it's the worst reviewed Star Wars film of all time, which is kind of saying a lot considering some of the prequel stuff. Um, and not everyone liked it, New Hope when it came out. It was panned in the early screenings. What? There were the lines original, around the block when A New Hope came out. When it Come opened, on. when it opened, yeah. Yes. But there's a couple yeah. of, there's like one or two bombs. Like this is so weird. What's this? They didn't get it right. <laughs> so they were too hardy. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, it was it was instant pop culture. You couldn't wave a stick without hitting a political cartoon, uh, a freaking uh, Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, Richard Pryor's comedy special without somebody referencing Star Wars. Uh, usually the canteen scene, but yeah, it was fucking <laughs> everywhere. Immediately, it was insane. I know. I was there. I remember. My mom well, had pins that said "May the Force be with you." She had keychains right. that said "May the Force be with you." We watched yeah. when, on live when the Grandma's Chinese Theater had them put their feet in the cement. And she cut if out the article. If J.J. Abrams Star Wars films had come back, had come out back then, it would have died. It would have never gone anywhere. There would have been nothing for it to go for. I don't know. For the we'll love find of God, out. everybody, keep J.J. Abrams away from a franchise that you love. If you know Please. it's good for you, just just say no to Jar Jar Abrams. And the other thing <laughs> is, we're once again talking about. And, and it's been credibly sourced, believe it or not, that this might spell the end of Kathleen Kennedy at Lucasfilm. And that would just be a fucking shame. Uh, I don't really want that to happen. Oh, we'll bring in another woman so people either. don't get too upset. But God damn it. I, I just, it and I spent most of my life looking up to that woman because she was sitting right? around the left hand, of, to the left of George Lucas and to the right of Spielberg. You know, right. uh, there she was. Uh, so that would be very sad. We don't want that. Yeah, so, I agree. No. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know why the, everything's her fault. Yeah, because like, you know, well, I, I hate to say, well, it's because she's a woman. I hate to be that reactionary liberal, but at the same time, motherfuckers! I think you're right. She's the first no, one they attack. Right. Yeah, she's old. Oh God! And and the other thing about this film is. It's just a dog's breakfast. It's it's a fucking mess. From yeah, I, I mean, God, this person I said, wonder. "Oh no, they're not." This person's memory's like, "Oh no, they're not." It's bullshit. I, I wonder oh, if it was re-edited. Maybe it would improve. Like, cause they rushed the yeah, edit. Maybe. We know that. Um, yeah. They rushed the edit for that. They rushed the edit for Cats, which really made Cats psychedelic. <laughs> um, you know, uh, oh my God, so, Cats. you know, uh, Cats is not on my top ten list. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm totally waiting for the discount theater. <laughs> I am going to go see it. Um, so, Are you going to get drunk uh, first? And, <laughs> and it was not nominated for an Oscar, by the way. Um, ah, you know, but has it been review- uh, nominated for a Razzie? That's, I don't know. Oh question. my god! I totally did not look at the Razzies list. It should be out, shouldn't it? Um, that's a good question. When do they come out? It. Hmm. If it comes out, pull it up. But we'll talk about it at the end of our countdown. All right. Because we'll have a few minutes. I have. I padded in extra time, and in two minutes, Queenie's gonna call in, and we're gonna change subjects and talk about. Movies we love instead of ranting about Star Wars. Now, 
I okay, we can also. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, I Steve and I can okay. also go at it at Joker anytime you want. Just so you oh, know. Well, sure. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I, would, I would love to do an episode when we talk about the Joker as a character, and maybe we'll do our round robin Ooh. with our favorite Joker performance. Ooh, what, what do you a think? great idea. Oh, cool. I would I, love to Hells do that. to the I yeah. Think, all right, no, yeah. I'll, pen, I'll pencil that in. So uh, okay, we'll, so we'll think about uh, that. the nomination voting for the the Razzies, which this year fortieth Razzies, just so you know, wow. ends uh, Sunday, February second at midnight is mm-hmm. when the nomination voting closes. The nominations will be announced Saturday, February eighth, which is Oscar Eve. Oscar Eve. All right. Yep. All right, so what we'll, we'll, we'll definitely have that list up. So that'll be Excellent. awesome. And um, and also, Steve, you and I, real quick, are going to do our a premiere of Repo Nerds for people who are listening next Wednesday. So um, and we're we're gonna do eight o'clock screen because we are doing not one, not two, but three movies. And actually, I'm going to add a fourth, but um, not, but only Whoa. because Terry Jones died today, and the fourth yeah. one, it, I wanted Gosh. to add it to the list because it'll fit. So rest in peace, Terry Jones. Oh, my God. Okay, There's so no movies we are for sure going to watch. First of us, both of us wanted to re-watch, re-watch the 1980s Pop- Popeye with Robin Williams. Excellent. Um, oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, we are watching Cabin Boy from 1994. <laughs> Which I, which uh, he has never, Steve has never seen, and then oh, we are right going to also, and we're also, <laughs> and then we're going to pair it with Monkey Bone from 2001, okay. Frazier, which he also has yeah. never seen. So it's going to be, and I'm calling the episode three films weirder than cats. So oh my uh, god, that's a bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> <laughs> well, Monkey Bone actually can give cats a run for its money. Just that one's wild. Oh. Just wait until you see it. Um, sure. So, so we I are watched starting the trailer with the, and I, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, well, fun, trashy movies, and and I'm gonna be glad to revisit those. Uh, the 1980s Popeye is weird because it's a musical, but it's actually really fucking good, yeah. and I really wanted to rewatch it. So, um, and so we're going to talk about oh, those. Love, yeah. And then if we have time, I also wanted to throw in Eric the Viking, um, Terry Jones' Ooh. movie, because I, it made me oh, fall in love with that. him. Oh, my God. We, you've got some movies to watch, Steve. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I do. Wow. Yeah. So well, this is going to be a great episode, and people can call in live on that. And on the line, woohoo! everyone, get ready. I'm so excited. It's spinning, and she's on, or uh, Queenie's on. Please welcome to the show from the Seattle area, Queenie, Queenie, the sexy werewitch Todd. How you doing? Welcome (laughs) back to the Sexy Witches. We're all happy to have you. Good to be back with you. Oh, my (laughs) God. Yay. Wait, wait. She didn't howl. It's not really having her back until she howls. Oh, that's true. Okay, I can howl once again. Sure. Howl. Yeah. Yay, hey, that's what I was waiting for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I was waiting for as well. <laughs> oh, fantastic. So, so glad to have you back. And uh, since Raven couldn't be on and I wanted to guess, I was like, Queenie, I um, would love to hear what Queenie watched her whole, the Queenie Todd, the, the sexy werewitch, watched 
seven movies this summer, this year. I did. Well, I watched seven. Wow, right. <laughs> I'm sure five seven of them were really movies. good. Yeah, I'm sure mm-hmm. five of them. Sure, maybe okay. like, a couple that I liked, but some of them are like. <laughs> well, it'll be awesome. So whatever you have as a as a as a list, we're going to be super super excited to hear it, and we're so happy to have you back. Thank you guys. I miss you. Aww. I miss you too. Aww. And Queenie, when can they find you on air and where? Oh, where they can find me on the internet. Um, I mm-hmm. have my own show on YouTube called The Queen Todd Show. And I do Queen Todd stuff there, you know, like talk about horror movies and, you know, sometimes we talk about chronic illness stuff, you know, things like that. <laughs> and Queenie does excellent makeup tutorials, people. So, which, you know, I'm kind of fascinated by, by show, co- like, makeup competition shows. So it, uh, it makes me excited to watch. So excellent. So we are going to, at this point, change gears and stop complaining about Star Wars. So believe me, I could do we could, <laughs> we could do a debate, honest to God, pro-con debate on the new Star Wars movie that would last forever. But we're not going to do that maybe later. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. I'd much rather have the Joker, the Joker com, um, round robin. Yes. That sounds like fun. Mm. And I just made that mm. up. And I thought that was a good idea. So I think that'll we'll be a about, great episode. I think so too, and there'll be a, another version of of Joker out because Birds of Prey comes out in two weeks. So uh, yeah, actually, uh, I don't think he's in it. Is he not in no, it? Not I even in, in reference. Well, they, they filmed some him, stuff, but then they cut it. Uh, oh, he's in well, reference. There, she references him, but he's not in it any anymore. Uh, too bad. I, I always I always welcome a, a new version of Joker into my life. Me but, too. All right, but, and I'm sure it possibly will come up in the top five in our, in our list at some point. So, me being the head huntress, then this is how the sexy round robin, witch round robins work on uh, sexy witches. We all create a top ten list. It's ten lists, uh, ten films. You can have two ties in those ten films, and we also have two honorable mentions. Uh, the t- the one the top ten has to be a mass market release. That means any way it would have been easily to see a film. Festival movies, if you really want them, you can argue for them. But really, we want it. We're look we're focusing on mass market films, unless it's Queenie and Queenie's got seven. <laughs> so, uh, but that's fine. As a matter of fact, I'm so excited to hear what they were. Uh, so you uh. Any film, mass market, Netflix included, streaming, whatever. Um, you can read. Um, we are going to read our top five in a round robin down to one. Now, let's just say that Steve, the Wizard of Wandling, actually says one of the films that Queenie wants to talk about, and we've already talked about it. Well, that's fine. You can go either to your six through ten or your honorable mentions, which can be any film you saw last year, no matter what, you know, what kind of movie it was. So, um, and I have two in there, which I can't, I am going to talk about because, well, one of them is my own film. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but let's see, how should I do this? Okay. Are you, this is the order it's going to be in. Are you ready? Aaron Marie? Yes. Always Aaron right. Marie on my list. Always first. Queenie. Yes. Guest. Next. <laughs> Steve. And then to my right ear, 
because he's always on my side. Got my got me on got my side here. Is the cuz hmm. Aaron Kogan. Is that good? Cool. Good to go. And then I'm last. Yeah. So, anyway, I always close out the circle. So let's start with Aaron Marie and your yeah. number five. Number five. You have about a minute of talking, and we'll all join in if we've seen it or not. So, okay. Um, my number five. I actually ended up watching twice. I watched it once with Becca um, when it showed up on my Hulu, and I was like, "Well, this came out last year. I'll watch it." And then I watched it again with Deirdre because I thought it was just absolutely freaking delightful. Um, I, it's Booksmart. Oh, um, yay! I thought Booksmart was so freaking funny. The shit that went down, like, uh, there's this part where they get into a car with the pizza delivery guy to try to get the address to the party they're going to, and he's very specific about, why (laughs) would you get into a stranger's car because I could drive you out into the, you know, highway and uh, put you in a cabin in the middle of nowhere and feed you milk out of a saucer and I'm like oh my god that's way too specific mm-hmm. <laughs> he's probably done it and then of course later on in the film you see like his wanted poster in the police station um, <laughs> but I mean it is really it's a funny movie it's a lot of girl power it's um, LGBT cue friendly because one of the main characters is a lesbian who even though she's come out still hasn't even kissed a girl yet so it's a really sweet kind of little thing you know and the nerds that finally get the party and it's just I, I ended up loving that movie I um this my out music for tonight is um Perfect Genius and Slip Away which is the big tentpole song in the middle of the party where she's swimming uh, and so that's our outro music tonight. Nice. So yeah. Very cool. So does has anybody no, else really have any follow up to Booksmart? I have seen it. It was very cute. Didn't make my top ten, but it would be like maybe eleven or twelve. I feel the same hmm. way you did on I, I don't I wouldn't put it in my top list, but I, I saw it and enjoyed it, but that was it, about it. I know there's going to be girls out there and boys too. I'm sure people of all kinds, they're going to follow this film and walk around with it, like, and sleep with it under their pillow. Oh, yeah. You know, it's one yeah. of those kind of movies. We're, we're not important. It's, there's, there's a 14-year-old girl out there that's not so sure about herself, and she's going to watch this movie, and she's going to know it verbatim. So, oh, totally. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's, that's what's cool. Excellent. All right, Queenie. Yeah. I, your first film. Well, my number five, I guess, would be Velvet Buzzsaw. Anybody oh, see nice. that one? Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's on my heart. I love that one. Yeah, it was really interesting. I like the premise of it. All these snooty little art p- critic people, you know? And just, oh, I loved watching them die one by one. <laughs> As an artist, I <laughs> that, that, like, that, that spray paint art <laughs> kill, though, that was fucking cool as shit. Oh, right? The kills were so cool. They were all really interesting. Because people would die by the art. <laughs> it's a really neat film. That's cool. And, and it's, a, it's a 
slasher throwback, but it's also completely fresh. So yeah. it's fun. Yeah, it's awesome. So that's a good choice. See, that's why I, uh, you know, well, it sounds like your seven films were good choices, at least a couple of them. So like I said, I knew you watched well, some I, good ones in there. If I'm not going to watch that much, I want to make sure what I watch is good stuff. <laughs> it's true. It's no. true. <laughs> I don't have time for some of the shitty movies that my friends were watching. I was like, nah. <laughs> no, no time. <laughs> okay. Are we ready, Steve, the Wizard of Wandling? Number five. Number five. I am ready. Oh, my gosh. You called me, and I thought it was Aaron. I apologize. I feel so on the spot. Mm-hmm. Number five would be uh, Mr. Eggers, The Lighthouse. Oh, the fapping movie. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Movie. AKA Fap, a Fap Fest, 2019. <laughs> <laughs> a nickname for a movie, right? Yes. Yeah. Fest. There we go. <laughs> no, actually, I I was um basically uh basically I don't know. That's a terror. Okay. All right. Calm down, Steve. The Lighthouse. Uh, I really <laughs> liked the way. I didn't expect to like it that much. I really liked The Witch, but I wasn't sold on the trailers of The Lighthouse. Um, but, uh, I I was so surprised at how much it affected me. I thought that, uh, I thought that it was highly disturbing and I am actually really excited about Pattinson playing Batman because I've seen him now in films with David Cronenberg and, you know, just do indie after indie, um, here and just him and Defoe together. It was a very uncomfortable film. It was disgusting in parts of it, but there's two, there's, uh, two scenes in the movie, two specific shots that are really some of the scariest stuff that I've seen. I, to me, just in terms of visuals in a couple years, um, on screen at least. And, uh, much like Ari Aster, I think that Robert Eggers is, uh, um, you know, and Jordan Peele, some of these guys are just coming out, these guys and gals and doing just one, two films that are knocking my socks off. And, uh, I have to put the lighthouse up there with it. And, you know, so I think it's a, I don't think it's a movie that obviously everybody's going to like. Um, I think in my screening, there was even someone snoring, uh, but, um, <laughs> the, it, it that that type of movie works for me. Uh, just you know, you it's the, speaking of kind of slow descents or maybe fast descents into madness. I'm I'm all there for that. Um, and it's very you know it's very also much about toxic masculinity, of course, and uh, how men can j- are just vile and uh, crazy, disgusting creatures at times, especially when left to their own devices. So um, yeah, the lighthouse uh, just barely makes my top five. Well, nice. it's up for cinematography and clearly deserved that an uh, accolade. So, yeah. uh, oh, so the that's cool. Shot it. Wow. Very, very pretty movie, if nothing else. I have yet to see yeah. it. I kind of had a choice of what I could pay for this week, and I went for the more fun film because my friend Alex Rutherford went to see it while he was in Paris and then gave me a very long rundown of what happened in this movie. And I was kind of first of all oh, annoyed with that he spoiled it, but oh, no. at the same time oh. it warned me. I have to be ready to go in because I don't like watching guys whack off on camera very much. (laughs) So I have to to be ready. And farting. Some of that. Yeah. You need to be ready. There's yeah. I don't like the farting more than the fapping actually. And there's a lot of farting. (laughs) Like there's too much farting. 
<laughs> that's awesome. Okay, that's my Aaron. quote of the year. And too much farting. We should put that under the blurb on the on the poster. <laughs> Steve, the Wizard of Wandley. Like too much farting. Too I'm gonna have farting. someone do that. Someone's gonna Photoshop that. There you me. go. That's All right, Eric Kogan, number five. Number five. My number five is my name is Dolomite. Uh, and mine which, too. Yeah. Yay! Go oh, ahead. right on. Yeah, a love That's letter awesome. to exploitation, uh, seat of your pants, fucking filmmaking. Uh, I, I have very little criticism. I guess if I had one major criticism, is it was a lot cleaner. Uh, I, I, I mean, visually, uh, a lot cleaner than those films were back in the day. Those films were grimy as fuck way back when. And, the theaters uh, were grimier. Yeah, I, I mean, every, I mean, they were sweeping up things and dusting things, and no, no, go the other way, go the other way. But uh, yeah, if if you're a fan of Eddie Murphy, don't miss it. I think he's been like he knew that part. He's this is something he's been wanting to do all of his life, and the friend and his friend who directed it, which I can't remember his name now. This was a labor of love for him. They 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 put a lot of their own money. It shows and. And, and, and it's right. it is definitely it's a love letter to uh, you know to this guy. Uh, yeah, and we've all seen it, right? All of us, right. except for Queenie, maybe yeah. not. Mm. It was definitely in my honorable mentions. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Plus, right it kind of has a special place for me. Um, actually, Dolomite is one of the movies that Jason had brought down the first time he came to stay with me. And we watched the original Dolomite together. So I was really happy to see the backstory behind Dolomite. I was really, like, Queenie, this movie's on Netflix, and it is a delight. Your theater geek will get its groove on. It's black exploitation. It's everything you want in a movie. And it's pretty anchored by a really strong performance by Eddie Murphy. So... See it if you can, and make your list. I don't eight. know why it wasn't on my list. Oh well, because you need to watch more movies. No, you don't need to watch more movies. You're fine. All it's right. So good. Anyway, it was so, it was so good. <laughs> since that was my five, I'm gonna go down to an honorable mention, and this is actually the first horror film we're gonna talk about. Um, it's Into the Dark Culture Shock by Gigi Saliero, who's one of us. Oh. So one good. of us, one of us, we accept you, one of us. <laughs> Gigi is on a fucking roll. Like, when I went to visit Queenie at Crypticon Seattle, she was supposed to be there, but turned around and went back to Will in L.A. because she had a, a, a contract negotiation, I think with 824 at the time, but I don't know if she got that one or not. But she did get an episode of The Purge this new season, so she's directing that. And then Eli Ross just announced this week that she's going to direct her first feature t- debut, 1031, and he's going to produce it. So Gigi's on a fucking roll. And the reason is, is because of Culture Shock, which was Hulu's um, holiday anthology. This was the 4th of July edition. Um, the Culture Shock is a immigration horror movie, and it's really, really good. I don't know if any of you seen it yet. Yeah, I did. I actually loved it. It's the best I, into the dark, I think. 
It, it's one. I would say that, and last year's Thanksgiving one is pretty good. Uh, I really oh, like yeah. that one a lot. The one with the family that, that goes yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, this one um, was good, though, man. Yeah. But I never got to meet Gigi in person. She's called in. Uh, last time she called in, it was actually Queenie's last episode, uh, <laughs> which was last year. Uh, and, but um, I missed her by that much. But I'm so it, it feels it's like watching flowers grow when you see like these people and you've been Facebook friends for them a long time and they go off and they do all these things and it's so neat to see, you know. And I'm so we're all very happy. So wow, working with Eli Roth and Hulu and you know going to she was at Barbara Crampton also. Barbara Crampton. Oh, Barbara Crampton is really good in the movie too. Um, oh yeah. Anyway, it's creepy. It's got some cool. It's got hospital horror. It's got surreal vibes, and it, uh, the whole first half is a is a crossing the border horror, which is its own subgenre unto itself. Now, um, you know, mm-hmm. I will have to say I saw, and I have three in the top ten. I saw way too many rapes this year. Way too many. Mm. <laughs> That's the one downside I would say. That? I don't know, a lot of it. Well, for women, women is one of their women biggest fears. Women is fears. one of their biggest fears. So, uh, so, a lot of women. But I would say in general, in people, it's probably one of their biggest fears. Uh, but, uh, you know, but this was immigration horror, and everything that could go wrong went wrong, basically. Uh, so, uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, everything. So, okay, Erin Marie. Yeah. We are at number four. My number number four, I'm pretty sure you just watched uh, Ready or Not. Yay. Go ahead. Uh, I ended up also watching that one twice, (laughs) mostly Mm. because, you know, the first time you watch it, you're not sure whether the satanic stuff is real or not, whether they're full of shit, and then I had to rewatch it from the other standpoint once you find out, you know, whether or not it is. And I, it, she's a great queen, 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 uh, Samara Weaving. She's fantastic. I mean, I've loved her. Uh, what was that one? Mayhem. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, there was a lot. I think they pulled their punches a little bit on some of the gore, but they got it right where it counted. You know what I mean? I love the ritualistic aspect of it. I love the the hide-and-seek thing. I I really, really enjoyed that one. It's fun. It was a lot of fun. I think as a a straight-up horror film, thriller, you know, uh, know, people-hunting-people movie, it was probably the most fun I had watching a film this year as a movie. So uh, that, that was cool. You know, it, the, the script is tight and the acting's good and the, it's outrageous. Oh, Great casting. Yeah. The is gorgeous. I mean, that fucking house is just amazing. Uh, you know, that was a theme this year. A lot of uh, movies I saw had houses that were kind of characters onto themselves. A lot of them did. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. As, as, I you know, think you're not was a black. Yeah, so it, it made number six on my list, just so you know. Um, so excellent. All right, Miss. All right, the Queenie Todd is next. And Queenie Todd, what is your number four? Uh, 
Queenie, are you there still? Oh, no. I see her. Oh, I see that. My pronouns are all over the map today. Um, Oh, sorry. Oh, my phone. Oh, there you are. Okay, my number four is us. I'm sure we've all seen this one. Yeah. (laughs) Probably. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one's an amazing oh, yeah. movie. It's well crafted, but then again, it's from the movie The Man Who Did Get Out. So like, yeah, of course it's good. <laughs> but I really like this one. Like, it really resonated with me because uh, it's all about like having a double and like the mask imagery and all that. And you guys know I play with transformation, right? So it's it, I really resonated with this one. Oh, like, wow. yeah underground of people who are like <laughs> you know little <laughs> double spoons like it was weird I loved it <laughs> oh yeah I did too. and he has like little tributes in it too if you, you pay attention like little callbacks to other things like t-shirts that people wear and like just everything is like meticulously thought of I liked it and mm-hmm. it's funny there's a twist two thirds of the way through the film and I don't mean the big ending There's a, you know, with the dance. There's a twist right before it. And I wasn't sure if it was actually earned or not. But then I sat on it and I went back. And I actually do think they justify it. So it made me yeah. like the film more the longer I sat on it. You know, and, and I realized a couple of things about the, it, they don't express it like, like the, his son with the burn. There's a whole side mm-hmm. story there that you have to pay attention to. You might not catch yeah. on the first time around, but the second time around, I was like, oh, that makes total sense now. Uh, but yeah, there, you know, Jordan Peele is, is still working on his editing power, but as a film and a concept, I think the movie is really cool. So agreed, agreed. It's so. not anybody else. I do like it. Um, I really liked us. Um, I, but I was uh, very surprised at how polarizing it turned out to be. Um, but I'd put Jordan Peele up there with again Ari Aster and Robert Eckers. I, I just as a horror. Uh, fan, I'm I'm loving the fact that uh, we're just getting. I feel spoiled right now. I feel like there's a lot of good horror coming out. There were two groups of people in San Diego Comic Con doing us as cosplay, and I thought yeah. that was cool. So, oh, uh, that's so cool. Can we mm-hmm. talk about the final twist though? Can we talk about how not good that was in the car? But, and oh, you didn't like it? No, it was. Incredibly predictable. I mean, if I, I I'd like to speak to our audience for one second. If, if if you're out there listening to this radio blog, and you saw that twist in the car, and you thought, "Wow, that's clever, that's surprising," then I'd just like to say, "Thank you, Mr. Shyamalan, for listening. We're really honored to have you with us. It's, it's a treat, honestly." Oh. <laughs> Well, I, it's funny because okay, I, I felt I, the same way at first, but then I went back and rewatched some of it, and actually, I'm not as upset about the twist as I was when I first saw it. Really? I didn't, okay. I didn't well, think it. I, I didn't think it, it was necessary, but you know, to to end the story that way. Yeah, yeah. But it isn't necessary, is it? The but, performances but, are you know. brilliant. I and yeah, I love the way and, and it's the, shot, but there are so many problems. It, it just missed my top five, but it's as high as right. it is. Mostly because of the performances. Um, if, I just, if this ends up being so his weaker you, film, 
I think yeah. Jordan Peele is doing pretty well. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you know, yeah. it's a thing and all, but it's 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 more like Twilight Zone the movie than any of the Twilight Zone episodes. Well, but well, you gotta also give I, a shout out to Lupita Naganga for not doing yeah. one great performance in Us, but having another horror performance this year, Little Monsters. Little wow, Monsters. that was yeah, so, which is on my top excellent. ten. Yeah, excellent. Oh, yeah, so that was so good. Yeah, so and that's on Hulu right now. I just saw that recently. It's pretty cute, actually. I thought it was adorable. Yeah, I thought yeah. It was number eight. Adorable. <laughs> number eight, excellent. All right, so that was. Us and Queenie, so that means we're at Steve, number four. My number four is Joe Bagus' latest, uh, uh, I guess you could say vampire flick, sure, Bliss. Um, oh, Bliss. Bliss. Oh, I really I have... wanted to see it. Excellent. Talk about it. Nobody see it but me? No, okay, cool. no, I want um, to, I want to. I know of it. Oh, it's so good. Well, um, uh, Joe Vegas makes some uh, pretty uh, uh, slimy, um, kind of uh, grimy, as Aaron was talking about some films earlier. Uh, mm. um, really kind of in-your-face, fast films that are that are definitely throwbacks to, uh, I guess, probably the 80s, early 80s stuff. You know, Videodrome can come to mind, and it's, uh, you okay. know, there's a lot of scores and it looks uh, it is shot on the cheap but a lot of it's purposely that way he made a really cool one if you like scanners called the mind's eye also I'd recommend but this movie real quickly is just about a young artist that lives in um, and she I'm sorry I meant to write her name down but uh, she is really good in this movie she plays a young artist and uh, the whole movie is drug fueled so it adds this kind of almost um not almost, sorry. It adds a surreal kind of flavor to the whole thing. It's very tight, very short, very fast-paced, very bloody. And she's an artist that gets uh, tries this new drug because she has a um, she's hit a wall and she's like you know living in L.A. but doesn't have any money and is gonna lose her you know yada yada. So she's got to really make this one last piece count. We've seen that set up, and so she gets she gets on this drug and she starts kind of. Um, painting more but then there's also uh this quench for this uh quench for uh, bloodlust that she has yeah sorry and so it goes from there and um it's just if you like stuff loud in your face um you know there's a lot of stoner metal and uh a lot of, you know just um you know like like i said it is intense and in your face and it has a very punk rock attitude it's pretty nihilistic movie mm. but um it's a good time. Check it out. Um, again, I don't know uh, if everybody will like it or not. It's pretty hard R, but she, it, I would say if you just want to see a good performance, if nothing else, and you uh, like um, early Cronenberg stuff too, um, I'd say check out Bliss. Right That's on. Awesome. Because right I've on. seen it on a few top 10 lists and I have it on my radar, but uh, more art horror. It seemed to be another theme this year. Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. That's Makes me a happy so, kid. <laughs> and, and Vampires had a very strong showing in 2019 as well on TV and in film. I know, I'm so, surprised by that. Yeah, no. It, you know, vampires can feel tired. So can zombies. But then every once in a while, people get some fresh ideas, you know, and revive it and it works uh-huh. again. Like, you know, Discovery of Witches came, you know, and, uh, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I can go. TV had a lot, of, you know, Nosferatu. I mean, there was a lot of vampires this year. Yep. Maybe it's because yeah. Stephen King 
uh, which there was a lot of him this year too. Uh, so uh, there, okay, Aaron, <laughs> you were at number yeah. four because nobody's seen Bliss to follow up too much more than that. <laughs> so, Sorry about that. Uh, my number four is the laundromat. Which, yes, uh, I told you you were gonna like it. I told you. you. Right. I told you. Yeah, it, it was very well done. Um, so on your on your up your alley, Aaron. I knew it. Yeah, seriously. Here's to me. Uh, <laughs> Steven Soderbergh, um, once again, just hitting all the right notes, uh, taking a big complex subject and winnowing it down into easily relatable private life incidents that uh, just, I, I thought, made the whole thing uh, really approachable. Uh, at, at the base of the whole thing, uh, or maybe looming large over the whole thing, are the Panama Papers, and I wish we could have gotten into that a little bit more, but uh, it does very well what it's trying to do. And... Uh, Meryl Streep is phenomenal, as as always, but again, I'm just reminded how good she is with lighter material, and some of it's pretty dark, what her character goes through, but even so, um, when, when she's doing the comedy part, she's awesome. Somebody please give her more comedy to do. I've always felt that way about oh, her, yeah. so... Yeah. Um, it, it's a, a true right story on. told as a fairy tale. Uh, I will say, of all the horror films I've seen this year, of all the movies I've seen this year, the scariest moment for me was the opening of Laundromat. It's like my worst fear, mm. is, is being on a tourist boat and having it flip over and then half of the yeah. two-thirds of the people drown. I've always, that's like my biggest, literally, I would say. Uh, oh, my God, that's like, how it opens? It's one of my biggest fears. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is based on a true story. It's very complex, but it's about Ooh. shelter companies. Uh, and it opens with a very right. famous, yeah, shell companies, not shelter okay. companies. That's slightly gotcha. different. Um, it opens with a real tragic incident on uh, Lake George that happened a few years ago where a tourist boat, a rogue wave hit a tourist boat, tipped it, and 20 people died. Oh, that's horrific. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he does the whole thing. He doesn't pull his punches in that sequence at all. It is terrifying. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I, ha- uh, I-, I don't wow. have it on my top 10, but it is like a, a number 11. It's sitting right there. So uh, I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. I really did. If you want to get a little heavier into the whole Panama Papers, there are other films that you can go to. Uh, there was a limited series, uh, This Beast We Call the uh, Global Economy. It's pretty good. But I don't think anyone has yet mm. really delved into how deeply disturbing. It, it's like a, a, a perfect chrysalis of how fucked up the world economy is, how the concentration of wealth in in greater amounts into a smaller population is just fucked up. Um, it's oh. amazing to me. <laughs> well, it, I have to it, watch this as soon as possible. Yeah, no, it was it was actually uh, all the people that were in, that are, uh, the main characters are played by. Let me walk back. Main characters are played by. Mickey Rourke is doing his best Turner, Turner no. Herzog impersonation. Not Mickey Rourke. Was no, it, no. Who is it? Gary Oldman. 
Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. Oh, Gary Oldman. Sorry. Oh, yeah, doing a very Ronald good Dude. Werner Herzog. No, Gary Oldman's be- awesome. doing his best in- uh, imitation of Werner Herzog. Okay, it's pretty funny. And yeah. then you have Antonio Banderas playing the other character, his his business partner, yeah. and they his are partner. like the narrator fairy tale people through the story, and they kind of anchor it, which narration can be in can be sometimes not always work. It's totally here, and it works really well. But the two people that yeah. they're saying. And they sued to have Netflix pull this movie, and it and, and it got <laughs> held up in the courts this summer and wasn't released until a few weeks ago. So it go. So just for the sake of what? people trying to censor a movie, we should watch this movie. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, good choice, good choice. I, oh, and it's funny, as soon as I saw it, I texted Aaron and said, you really need to see this movie. This is so going to be yeah. you. And I was right. I, I'm so excited when I find a film I know is perfectly matched. And <laughs> so, and here's one that isn't necessarily perfectly matched for anyone, but it's absolutely beautiful, morose, sad, scary, honest. And it was my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, my second favorite um, uh, horn film of the year um, and that would be Tigers Are Not Afraid Uh, oh so good yeah it's on Shudder it's 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 like Pan's Labyrinth without the fantasy yet there's totally fantasy elements to this story Mm. but it's much more grounded in reality than Pan's Labyrinth was Um, and (laughs) it's Sad. It's so beautiful. Good. It's so no. violent. Um, <laughs> like yeah. violent in short Surprisingly bursts. Surprisingly violent. Yeah. yeah, but it's always in short bursts. Like it just happens suddenly, boom, and it's over. Which is what violence is really like. I mean, people don't realize a lot of these mass shootings are over in a minute, and 15 people right. are dead. You know, uh, you oh. know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's so relevant to what's going on in our world. Um, much like culture shock is, uh, it, it's, I cannot recommend this film enough. Stephen King and Clive Barker also agree with me. They said it was their favorite film of the year and they, I listen to what they yeah. say. <laughs> you know, and, so, um, and actually that's why I watched it when I meant they most mentioned that they love the film. I even think that Quentin Tarantino had it in his top five. Uh, so I put it in immediately and it, I cannot recommend this film enough. It, it is, it's, it's not a film if you want to be in a good mood. It's not like that. It's no. a very serious film. Um, and kids die. Well, I'm just going to put this out there right now, which I have no problems in horror yeah. films because I think it, up, it elevates the movie. This isn't really a horror film, though. This is more of a, a urban fantasy, and it's uh, very much like, like, like I said, like Penn's Labyrinth is a good equivalent in style in the sense that it's reality and fantasy blurring the lines. Uh, so uh, it, it, it's, but it's so worth a watch. Please watch it if you haven't seen it. Yeah, and I just wanted to say real quick, since I have seen it, that you said it's relevant. You know, one thing I bet Aaron and I would surprisingly agree with is about Joker. Is, and this is uh, about is that everyone talks about how a lot of the fans of it, which I am one, talk about how it's supposedly so culturally relevant, and I don't agree with that, and I think that's kind of a dangerous thing to say. I think Tigers Are Not Afraid is the most relevant film I saw this year, or last year. 
like culturally relevant and socially conscious. I thought it was, was it just hit the nail on the head. It, it it's it, it's so hard to watch, and I've been trying to put it yeah. in for a second time. And even though I remember most of the frames, I just can't do it. It's just so sad. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. but it's, it's so wonderful heavy. and it's, it, it is heavy, but like, but I mean, I finally watched Martyrs last year. And so if I can handle Martyrs, oh I can handle anything now. So thanks That's to true. Queenie. Um, so. <laughs> I love Martyrs. Oh, yeah. Man. So, okay. So we are at Aaron Marie's number three. Ooh, we're getting close. Number three. Yeah. Uh, my number three is actually another comedy. Like my my five. Good. Four, Balance it out a little bit after Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Zombieland, double tap. Ah, okay. talk about I it. I fucking loved it. I laughed right. my ass off in the theater. Like I I couldn't stop laughing at this movie. It was so freaking good. Uh, it was such a great. I'm glad they waited so long to have a, a second uh, sequel so that they had a, a script that was worthy of the first, and it was. It didn't disappoint at all. Anybody else seen it? I did, and I heard some um, some flack being thrown at it, and I was really surprised because we laughed the whole time. We thought it was hilarious. It really was. <laughs> It's yeah, so I, it was one of the best. It was one of the best times I had at the theater this year, last year. <laughs> Word on. I wish I had seen it. I haven't seen it yet. So, all right, Queenie, number three. Okay, number three. I'm going to do an animation one, and it's Ooh, Invader but... Zim into the floor pits. Yay! Nice! Yay! We love the floor pits, <laughs> don't we, Erin? Zim is the best. <laughs> Talk about it. Talk about it. It's it's so weird and cool. Okay, so if you guys have watched the show Invader Zim, it was just like that, but like in a continuation. It, like even the dad got screen time, and it made me so happy. <laughs> you can actually yeah. see him as a person, you know, like like a fully fledged. He worries about his son and shit, and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, he's beautiful. <laughs> Like, they made all the characters more real, and Zim actually wins for a little bit, and he doesn't know what to do about it. Like, I love how he's just sort of like, of course I'm winning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens here. <laughs> might, as well, might as well milk it while I got it. <laughs> so good. So if you're fan of their Zim, highly recommend. Go watch it on Netflix. <laughs> Let me right tell you on. a quick story, um, Aaron uh, and Aaron Kogan and Queenie, about two San Diego Comic Cons ago. We are on a Friday in the Indigo Ballroom watching the animation showcase in there that's all day. And Aaron Kogan gets up and leaves because he has a special signing for Enter the Floor <laughs> Fit and almost yeah. didn't get back in, but did. But he he braved missing Bob's Burgers for it. Ooh. <laughs> he would have if he didn't get back in. He would have missed Robot Chicken and Bob's Burgers and Archer, and especially Archer. Mm-hmm. He would have been devastated. He's never missed an Archer. Uh, but, so but I got my Archer. But his I experience. Got my tiki Gur and my Tiki Zim signed by the cast. It was awesome. I, yeah, that's awesome. It was cool. 
But, you know, his experience as a con goer, he is efficient, and he made it back within the allotted time to do it. So <laughs> congratulations. I like it. So do, do you okay. have it on your list, Aaron Kogan? Did, you, did it make your top uh, ten or anything? You know, I completely forgot about it. I, I would have oh, asked. No. Uh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> it it well, was. I remind you. It is fun. It's yeah. a very silly, fun movie. So, yay. Absolutely. That's a good choice. I'm so excited. It's a really All right. Good I'm already pretty sure I know what Steve's about to say. And I think we're tied here. <laughs> so go ahead and do it, man. All right. My number three. Right? Yep. Yes. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. I thought I got dropped. Dr. Sleep. Three. Oh, Ooh, doc, yep. I'm wrong. I thought it, I thought we had the same oh, one. No, okay. Doctor Sleep. Excellent. Go for it. I'm happy. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Nobody else has it. Okay. Interesting. Um. <laughs> well, uh, I was really bummed at the box office, but you know, to stand the test of times, hopefully. I think that this movie miraculously, which if you'd have told me this, see, okay, just and Doctor Sleep as a side note is a very very personal film for me too. Uh, I just love. Uh, I I think it really. Um, because Stephen King has had his struggles uh, with, I think, alcoholism and some addiction. So he, the book really nails a lot of aspects of recovery. So I was glad that the film translated that as well, just as a side note. But um, it miraculously um, manages to be a faithful sequel to the fans of the book that may not necessarily like the film, but also be a damn good sequel to the Kubrick film. Um, and it also, on top of all that, it still feels like a Mike Flanagan movie, and it does all Yay. those things really well. Yeah, and so I would recommend it. And also, um, last thing, you know, you got the Irishman and all these movies with the de-aging that really, I mean, couldn't they? I mean, yeah, anyway, the de- it kind of bothers me with all the Uncanny Valley stuff. Um, and Mike Flanagan, instead of doing that, he casts actual human beings to play. Uh, roles, mm. even though you know. So, and I really appreciate that my, myself. So that also I thought was cool. But anyway, yeah, Doctor Sleep. They just nice. dropped the director's cut on one of the streaming platforms. I, I think it might yeah. be Amazon. Um, three hours. Uh, YouTube. YouTube. Ah, okay, good. You know that. Yeah. Then. I, I have yet. That's one of the reasons why I haven't seen it is because I have to pay for it. And paying for it right now is a little bit tight. Uh, but I, right. uh, it's twenty four bucks. I looked it up, and I'm I know like, I, don't, I couldn't do it. I, I I would love to buy I'll do it, it for but hard it's way media, too expensive. But nah. Yeah, Crazy. yeah, exactly. Crazy. If I'm gonna pay, if I'm gonna fork out twenty four bucks for a file, it's gonna be on a disc with extras. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but at the same time, I'm really excited. There's a three hour cut, and at some point, it will be rentable. So it'll be. That's fine. true. I'm patient. I will wait. I once yeah. again have every every confidence that that movie's. I missed it in the theaters by that much. I tried to get. I mm. really tried to go see it, but I have every faith in Michael Flanagan. I will follow him and his career to the ends of the earth at this point. So yes. um, me too. A- after Haunting of Hill House, I can't wait for Haunting of Bly House. Um, oh yeah. You know. Uh, so. Once again, one of the only people that really understands what death and grief really feels like. Ari Esther's the other person, I think, that does that really well right now. Um, so I'm excited to see it. 
a movie I haven't even seen. Okay. I have a lot to talk about it. <laughs> I did a lot of research for the madness because of it. So um, I was really surprised. Yeah, I thought our three, I thought our threes were the same, but they're not. So and now maybe, I'm curious. What's your? <laughs> yeah, um, Aaron, what is your number three? Going on to me already? Yeah. Uh, my, I, yeah. My number three is the two popes, based largely oh, nice. on the performances. Yeah. Um, the shaky hand cam really bugged the shit out of me because uh, it it was went on for way too long, and it was unnecessary completely uh, in the shots where it was used. Um, but it tells a really gripping story of where we got where we are with the church. It could have delved a little more maybe, but um, the performances are excellent. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen Jonathan Price better. Uh, he's he's just amazing. That's wonderful. I have still yet to see two popes. There's so many movies on my list that I haven't seen this year, and I was doing okay. I wrote a decent list down, and I'm like, really? That's it? Oh, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it too, though. It's great. Right on. I, I love the yeah. two actors. I mean, really, I could see them read a phone book. Might as well listen to them talk on a park bench. Right. Hope calls, right? The better. Although I, I do think Price also is they could have made too, Sir Anthony look a little more haggard and and I, I mean, yeah. there's all these memes of uh, of what's his face, the uh, the sub pope, the alternate pope, whatever we're going to call him now, Benedict, uh, and and Palpatine, and there's a reason. Oh he yeah, fucking looks like it, uh, Ratzinger. It's weird. And um, he, he looked uh, a little too much like Anthony Hopkins, and uh, occasionally he would Anthony Hopkins do a, do a bit of Hopkins business, but um, <laughs> he, even so, it's still a really really good performance, and the two of them together are magic. Yeah. Totally. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so on a completely opposite end of the world, my number three is the only best picture nominee in my top 10. And um, it was one of those films that I wasn't sure. I knew it was going to be good. I wasn't sure what I was getting and it was unpredictable pretty much all the way through. And my favorite cast performance which won the SAG. Fuck yeah. They deserve that mm-hmm. win. Deserve that win. Mm-hmm. And the house itself is a masterpiece in art direction, and I think it has a chance of winning. Parasite from Korea. Bon oh, right been, yes. He has been knocking it out of the park with every film he's ever made, starting from memories oh, yeah. of, uh, Memoirs of a Murderer, all, The Host, which is one of my favorite monster movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Mine too. To Parasite, he is, he just, he is, he is original, he's edgy, he's not afraid to talk about subjects that make other foreigners uncomfortable, especially Americans, and I appreciate that because his films cross over. Um, I, I, this movie has, it's so fun and so weird, uh, it ends kind of sad, but at the same time, it has some of my favorite imagery of the year. Uh, I don't know if anybody else feels the same way, but my one of my favorite shots in the entire 2019 was from this film. And it's when they go home and there's a flood happening in their basement apartment. 
and the daughter sits on the toilet, finds her cigarettes, Uh and as the toilet's overflowing with sewage, she grabs the cigarette and she's just lighting it and smoking. Because what else the fuck you're going to do at this point? (laughs) What (laughs) else is there left? Yeah, fuck it. it. Yeah, it it, it just, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I was hoping she would get a nomination for actress or supporting actress. She absolutely Mm -hmm. deserved it. Um, She was my favorite thing in the movie. Um, And, uh, and it didn't win, it get any acting nominations, even though it deserved it. So, um, Parasite, my husband didn't went with me. He thought it was going to be a zombie film. A lot of people in the audience thought it was going to be a zombie film. And I thought that was really <laughs> funny. Uh, but it's not a zombie film. Yes, it's it a movie is. about class. Nope. Um, you know, yeah. um, and yeah. uh, and maybe zombies in a different way completely, because the rich family has enclosed themselves in their little world, and yet it's so easy for this like con man family to work their way into it. You know, it, it's 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 a good movie, um, and it's my wish I wish will win. I don't once again I don't think it's going to win at this point, though I'll I'll reserve judgment until the DGA comes out. I think 1917 has it, but it is my choice for upset. So, hmm. uh, fingers crossed right. for Parasite. Anybody else have it in their top five? I bet you at least My number two. Yeah, it's my number two as well. Number two. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah. yay. Everyone's got, almost everyone has it in their top five. Um, it, it, it really is that good. It's so weird. So, right. I cheated. I mean, I absolutely expected it too because I, I mean, I love Snowpiercer. It's one of my favorite movies. Oh, yeah, Snowpiercer. Oh, yeah. Um, the Oak series Show. comes out. So yeah, freaking weird. Is that a, just a redo or is it a sequel? No, nope. prequel. Or is it, oh, okay. It's, Thanks, man. I, I the series is going to be a prequel. Yeah. We oh, got the cricket still, bars to prove it. I still have my cricket oh. bar. <laughs> so, Aaron, awesome. agree. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. that's I'm a so cricket. cool. Because I took your number two, you can pick lower on your list or an honorable mention. Um, I was thinking about doing my number six, which was Shazam. Ah, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it is, it was so surprisingly good to me. I really expected, I'd, I, I, I kind of just because the DC universe has really disappointed me, expected it to be bad, mm. but but it, it wasn't. It was so good. It was their best, other than you know Wonder Woman, which duh, of uh-huh. course that was fantastic. And I can't wait for Wonder Woman 1984 this year. Yes. <laughs> but I am excited. So good. It was. I mean, I loved the the whole big aspect of it, you know, Tom Hanks big where mm-hmm. it's like children that are turning into adult superheroes. And then of right. course Zachary Levi gets a lot to play with because he's playing like what, a thirteen year old <laughs> in a superhero's body. Mm. And it's just thoroughly entertaining on all points. There's demons yep. in it, which is cool. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Mark um, Strong is awesome. The seven daily Mark Strong is are awesome. always a great bad guy. Yeah, he's, I, I love him. And he was so in person. 
His turn in the was one of my favorite I, villains. As I got well. a cast signed poster at WonderCon, and he was so charming in person. Oh, that's right. I remember you went to WonderCon when you got to. We, I was jealous. You got to do all the DC stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm hoping for a sequel. Fun fact. Yeah, I'm hoping for one too because um, did you notice how beautiful the drone work in that movie is? Hint, hint. Yes. Yes, I'm serious. Oh, we lost, yeah. especially through the Ferris wheel and all that. That was yes. helmed by B.J. McDonald, who directed Hatchet Three and was what? the camera per, one of the head cameramen on the FP Two Beats of Rage. Nice. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Shazam is on my list simply because I had a I when we saw the trailer at Comic Con it was it was one of the only trailers that held up and um, <laughs> and and I went to see that and I enjoyed Shazam and Shazam made my number it's number it's tied at number nine with get this brace yourselves especially Aaron Marie you ready right. Endgame Endgame made no. my top oh, ten oh. it's number nine it's tied with Shazam. Number, wow. nine. number nine. Number nine. I actually enjoyed the fuck out of the last Marvel movie. I, I thought it was a good it, it did everything that the Star Wars movie should have done. Let's just put it that way. And yeah. they had the same plot. They did. They yeah. had the same plot. I liked it. <laughs> Anyways. So uh, I liked it a lot too, but it, it didn't make my list. Cool. It was way so, better than Skywalker. Oh god, yeah. All right, Queenie, number two. Number two. Oh, wait. Number two is going to be Scary Stories. I had yeah, fun watching them. I had a lot of fun, and there were some really good, like, images that will still unsettle me <laughs> as I watched them because they really did feel like they took parts of the book and just ripped them out. <laughs> um, but they also did their own thing, which was cute, and it was very much like a PG kid horror, which I appreciate because we need more of that. We need to bring the kids in when they're young, you know? Like, we gotta... Stories to tell in the dark was the book that we all got from our book fairs at school. <laughs> yeah. I, I still have mine. Oh, totally. I still have the scary stories book. So, yeah. yeah. Like the original one, because the art was all oh, yeah. on point. Oh, it's so scary. <laughs> mm. The makeup was so good. They did such a great job of turning the illustrations into monsters. Really it took did. the evil really genius did. to see it. So I let her bring her teddy bear and a blanket, which she was terrified through most of that movie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> terrified. But she liked it. She goes, at the end of it, she goes, I was really scared, but I really kind of liked that. Is that okay? I'm like, that's exactly yep. okay. You know, oh, I, was so, I was like, but she wouldn't shut up during the movie. She was so loud. And it's okay when the theater's full, but there's like six of us in there. And I'm like, please down. She's like, but mama, but I will say there was one moment I thought it might have been too much for her and then they it was nothing was ever as graphic as that moment and it's the first kill in the very beginning where the scarecrow takes the pitchfork and impales the kid through the chest mm. like oh, all yeah. the oh, video yeah. nasty style pop I was like and then all the, <laughs> the, the hay grows out of his mouth and his wounds and shit oh my god that was freaky wasn't it 
Oh, it's so crazy. I would have mortified like, me as a child. Or I, I looked at it. The, the monsters are awesome in this. Yeah, I, I looked at the evil genius, but that was the scariest thing. And it also inspired us, Queenie, get this. We actually went to the real Penhurst Asylum this Halloween because of this, that movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was the craziest walkthrough I have done ever. It is an amazing place. (laughs) I highly recommend Penhurst Asylum, especially at Halloween time. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) It's freaky. Um, So, uh, it didn't make my top 10, but I would say it's probably at 15 for me. And I think I agree with you, Queenie. Hmm. It is an excellent gateway drug for anybody in their uh, like early preteens. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And there's an opening for a sequel, and they might make one. Ooh. That'd be so, cool. That was my cool Christmas gift for my sister was the Blu-ray. Yeah. Aw, that's so cool. Yeah. So, we both used to read those as little kids. I'm so glad somebody brought that up because I, you know, there's a lot of films I want to talk about that I, you know, because I don't shut up, um, that I'm not mm-hmm. talking about. That's why I love the round robin because you got every, you, every the, all the bases are covered. So it makes me so excited. So, that's all right, Steve O. Steve, Steve. Okay. Number two. <laughs> Number two, I'm really surprised unless I just have somehow really zoned out and somebody hasn't mentioned this yet. But did somebody mention Midsummer? No, yes. not oh, yet. Well, oh, someone did. Not, not as a okay, ranking I, yet. Damn it! Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. Let me clarify. That's my number two. Then is Ari Aster's uh, Midsummer. I'm uh, not surprised and someone's going to talk about it before I will. <laughs> anybody? <laughs> okay, I'll keep it brief so you can well, see. I'll let you know. Okay, uh, before, Steve, before we get it, because I want you to go first. I know Queenie's seen it. Erin Maria's yeah. seen it for sure because she saw it with me. I saw it. Everybody's seen it, right? <laughs> and Erin, did you see Erin Kogan? Did you see it? No. Not yet. Okay. Erin oh. Kogan, sit tight because we have to talk about this movie. I mean, we have to talk about Jewish. this movie. This is full stop. On this Steve, start. <laughs> and then it's okay. my number one. You That's up- why. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, wow. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Steve? All right. Well, it's um, my number two film. I, I guess um, – uh, I don't – okay, now – okay. Okay, Midsummer. What do I want to say about it? I just want to say um, that, you know, Hereditary, I don't like it for, well, I forget that, but Hereditary came out and I fell in love with that movie. I'm still pissed that Tony Collette didn't get an Oscar nomination. But um, anyway, um, Midsummer, um, the well, thing that really sticks with me, the well, there's so much that sticks with you, but uh, when I went back and rewatched it recently, I saw it in theater. And um, I was very unsettled. I love folk horror. I love The Wicker Man. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that compare it to The Wicker Man, which I, I totally get that. But I also think that uh, there's something else going on here, too. Um, I, I think that Florence Pugh was awesome in it. The the entire – the beginning to me when I rewatched it just pro- – I rewatched it last week which may not have been the best decision considering my state of mind right now, but um, the beginning of it is horrific um, to me. Just the whole setup about her Mm. sister and the parents, that is so scary to me when I watched it. And just the whole 
there's something so the unsettling, you know, just under the surface, it's one of those films to where you've all seen it. It's just, there's an unsettling vibe that you can't even quite put your finger on. And there's a lot of, once you get there, you know, some of the plot points, you know, uh, where people just start getting kind of picked off one by one, aren't that groundbreaking, but it's the way to me, at least the way that, um, he films things and creates this palpable dread in this mood um, that just grows until it kind of snaps. And then you've got the whole character, the dynamic between Danny and Christian just really gets me. And she's just breaking, you know, she loves him too much. He doesn't look, give a shit about her. Really. He doesn't love her enough. And um, there's the codependency, just the whole relationship thing. Um, and, and then you could talk about the manipulation going on there. But anyway, there's I, it's just too much. My mind jumbles when I even try to talk about it, as you can tell. But I can't recommend it enough so you two can, you know, anybody listening could obsess over it. And, Aaron, I, I think you would at least find it very interesting. But um, oh, okay. I uh, – so good. yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know whether you'd like it or not, man, to be honest, you know. Um, so uh, but I think that it was definitely the most original film I saw at the multiplex this year in terms of just style. And but anyway, aesthetic. But I'm going to stop talking because, like I said, it all jumbles in my head. But it's my number two for that very kind of reason is it just makes me think. OK, we're going to. For a moment, because I know that all of us have very strong opinions on this film that's seen it. We're going to do a reverse round robin to me, and I'll end this circle. But, Queenie, so you saw it today. You're just sitting on the film. Talk about it. I have to watch it for this weekend anyway, because I'm doing a thing with Midsummer and Sweeney Todd for the Freaky Girls. So I do this show every month called Freaky Girls Live, and we just talk about horror movies. And um, I watched this movie, like, from the moment, from the moment it's revealed that the sister is bipolar, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. (laughs) Here we go. I've been down this road before. Let's see how authentic we do the bipolar thing this time, shall we? And, of course, it's, like, the worst part about bipolar. The worst thing that bipolar people can do happens in this film. And I'm like, of course, we go right there. Okay. She's going to kill herself. Oh, oh, she's going to kill herself and her family. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> I feel great for <laughs> It was so hard watching that. It was so hard because that is mm-hmm. my greatest fear is killing myself. Because when I yeah. lost my shit, because that's how you learn you have bipolar a lot of times, is you have a mental breakdown so bad that they see all the signs and go, oh, okay, we can label you this now. Now we understand what's wrong with you. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks being bipolar. The stigma that you're always moody, you know, even the sister is starting to do the, oh, she's just garnering for attention because that's what the, you know, the boyfriend's saying to her in her ear, right? Yet she's taking Ativan, too. Yeah, she's take, yeah, she's, she's taking Ativan, though. So she's also bipolar, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah. Like, you have yeah. no place to talk, asshole. Like, fuck you. Yeah, I know. He's just a gaslighting prick. He's, a gaslighting <laughs> He's the worst guy ever, and then I think. so devastating happens to her like that. Not just that her sister kills herself. Like, takes the family with her. Like, yeah. fuck you. Give her a break. <laughs> I was, like, all about Danny. Yeah. He was in over his head the whole movie. 
I, yeah, I will be honest with you. I almost felt bad for Christian. He never had a chance. Really? Once, yeah, there's once, moments where you do. Yeah. Yeah, he never has a chance. He's never going to survive this. Like, the level that Danny's at, you are not prepared for. You should have just let her go. When he was told by his friends to let her fucking go, he should have fucking did it. You know, but he He got wrapped up. He wasn't mature enough to handle it. Not everyone can be be your bear, Queenie. Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't mature Mm -hmm. enough to even like face her and break up with her. He wasn't mature. You're right. He was not mature enough to do that. So he kind of sealed his own fate. He just walked into it like a stupor, like he did the whole movie. Yeah, Yeah, no, there's so much going on in this film. It's ridiculous. So, uh, and um, when she get, when, when Danny and the crew finally get to Sweden, First of all, it's horror in daylight, which is one of my yeah. favorite subgenres to have things that oh, are scary in the bright so daylight. Oh my god! Yeah, um, yeah. Aaron Marie, how do you you saw it with me the first time I went to go see it? So at it, and you you looked at me and go, "You're gonna love this movie, aren't you?" <laughs> she like called me oh, immediately because I can hear her giggling beside me. All, like, I was laughing my ass thing. off the entire movie. Everyone else is mortified, and I'm just. <laughs> giggling because that's i'm so like happy how disturbing this movie is i know it sounds terrible to say but i'm a huge fan of folk horror and i you know oh my god the queenie the pagan in you must have been leaping like a friggin like kangaroo right right? oh my god there's so all the room work that they were working with and i'm like dude they are on point But if you look at it carefully, I kept, and and Erin Marie knows this, she can talk about this, and she should, because I was getting all frustrated during the film, because I was trying to read it, because I can read runes a little Ah. bit, it doesn't say anything, Uh, uh, the only runes that matter are the ones on their clothes, those are symbols. But the ones like like there's stones all through this, and and they and then I finally find out why. Why was I having so much trouble figuring out what it was saying? The answer is they did it on purpose. They made yeah. it gibberish. Ah. Uh, and the reason why they made it, it gibberish is because they didn't want to offend real pagans. <laughs> so, well, that's pretty cool. They're basing this off of like from from what I can see, they're basing it off of Norse mythology. So yeah, all the like are definitely Norse. Yeah, like there's real runes in this, but there's also their own stuff. And then there's when they say skull instead of skull. The way skull Mm -hmm. is said for real is different. And I was reading the and I'm like, that's not it, that's not it, nope. It's it's slightly off, yet it's the closest depiction of true paganism I've ever seen. And that includes the Wicker Man in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Erin Marie, so did, uh, do you love this film as much as I do? I did. It was my number nine. <laughs> ah, so but you did love it. It's in my nine. top ten. Excellent. It is in my top ten. But I, like, I, I was more mesmerized of the imagery. I mean, like the girls' dormitories and all of the different rituals and panels the, and art all over the place. I the, kept the looking at all of that. The paintings on the walls, the detail in the uh, in the production design. Incredible! Oh my God! It is it Incredible. is mind blowing. Mind blowing. Oh, I mean, it really yeah, is. I mean, 
it, this movie keeps giving. Every time you watch it, you'll see something different. I've seen it now three times. <laughs> you know, I paid for it twice. I took Aaron Marie to see it, and then when I was in New Jersey, I took all my friends to see the director's cut. I was like, we're going to this movie. It's out this weekend. And it was ho- it was our Halloween movie. So, um, it, it is. Oh, it's perfect. It, it, it's it's disturbing, yet it's familiar. It's not a ripoff of The Wicker Man. A lot of people go, it's just like The Wicker Man. No, it's as as Raven said earlier, it's a love letter. It's an homage. It, it tributes The Wicker Man. You know, um, yeah. yet it's uh, now. I gotta ask people who've seen it real quick. Did you see any of the faces in the trees when she's tripping? Yeah, the second oh time my I watched it. I don't think Every I time did. she's tripping. <laughs> it took me the third it time to out. find them. It took me the third time. First time, I didn't see them at all. The second time, I caught some of it, but not really. I was actually more mesmerized by the tapestries and stuff the second time I saw it. And it was a director's cut, so it's a different edit. Uh, and then the third time is when I saw the faces. It took me three times. <laughs> but they're there. They're absolutely there, and it's like it's it's like pagan uh, uh, scavenger hunts. It's awesome, <laughs> you know. So yeah, it it is absolutely. Ari Aster is the only person I think I've ever had the same director at number one for two years straight. Um, I've had Ooh, the same oh, director wow. at the top other times, but never consecutive. That's how much I love this movie. And yeah, Queenie, I agree with you. The bipolar stuff is really terrifying. Especially because it Thank seems you. like it's pretty honest. Oh yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I, and mm-hmm. once again, Ari Aster well, under, understands grief, I think, better exactly. than any director out there yeah. right now. Can you talk about the grieving in this film? Holy yes, shit! Yes, please. Holy shit! When they're wailing with her and matching her pitch, yes, it, they, they were literally feeling it with her. They were having this that, like, cathartic yeah. moment. I was like, holy, this is magical. Jesus Christ. It was magical. <laughs> it absolutely was magical. Yeah. And, it, and in the true, what with a K, uh, you know, real magic. And, and, and yeah, also, you know, magic. the grieving, there's a whole lot of her, when she gets really upset, she'll wander off and go to a corner and find a quiet place and then sob. That's me. That's how I deal with my grief. Yeah, I don't too. let people see it. I, I, when I'm nervous, as Erin Marie can um, espouse, I will cry, but it's an anxiety thing. But yeah. when it's but grieving hurts so much, I just want to go find somewhere. Like I, I always when I when I my lost my father, my grieving happened at three in the morning. I I would scream and cry and throw things, and you know, it, but it was always at a time where everyone else was asleep. And yeah. and and Danny's constantly hiding. She's going to the shed. She's hiding in the air. The shed. And the, and, and the airplane. She's hiding in the bathroom. Yeah. No, but yeah. tons of people do that. Well, our society conditions us to not be inappropriate, you know? Right. And grief is inappropriate. And, and, it's loud. And that kill- it's It's painful. I don't want to talk you about know. it too much, but uh, there was a tragedy in my family recently also um, where my uncle was taking Otesla, and one of the side effects is depression and suicidal thoughts. 
And if you're already depressed and you're not talking about it like men do, and it's killing men, mm-hmm. it, yeah. it kills you. It's deadly. And I'm not saying that from a hypothetical idea. I'm saying it from fact. Every time I watch no Tesla commercial on the news, and there are all of them, I just want to punch my, my fucking TV right now. Um, excuse me. But I, I, I find watching movies like Hereditary and Midsummer cathartic also. Um, I, yep. I, I, feel, I, feel, I actually feel better after I watch a movie like that. I think about it for a long time, especially the big orgy finale, which is glorious. The great ride in there oh, is just man. wonderful. It's, it is so good. <laughs> it is a fucking okay. great ride. You know, um, in the Etastruc, you know, I want to say one more thing, and then we're going to move on because we got our final choices, and we're right on time, by the way. Um, the Etastruc, I'm not going to get into it because I don't want to spoil it for Aaron Kogan. Actually, he probably knows what an mm-hmm. Etastruc is. Um, the, guy, the, the, the kid that they all followed is writing this, like, story, right, writing this thesis, which, by the way, Christian – like glamming on his thesis is worth death right there. Uh, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. That was wor- almost worse <laughs> than what he was doing to yeah. Danny. Cause Danny was out of immaturity. That was just assholishness. All right. But, um, yeah. I digress. Um, it's you know, up. it is fucked up, but you know, he knew what an editorship was. He actually did. And he didn't tell his friends and they were mortified. And and I'm like, oh, what yeah. kind of a friend are you that doesn't uh, tell them what this, this kind of sacrifice is gonna be, guys? Um, and granted, oh my god! And they, you know, it was like, dude, you should warn them what's about to happen. This isn't like, you know, this, you know. Anyway, I don't want to spoil it for 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 Aaron. You've already heard hmm. enough as it is. But I want Aaron. <laughs> I want you as a homework assignment to go watch Midsummer on Amazon Prime. And next, right. Sexy Witches come back and give you your impression because we all love this movie and it deserves right everything it, it alkylate it's been getting this year. And fuck the Oscars. Florence Hugh, I'm so happy she was nominated, but she should have been nominated <laughs> for Best Actress for Danny. Yeah. So, so, anyway, so Midsummer, that was number two. <laughs> number one and number two for most of us. So, Aaron Kogan, your number two is probably not Midsummer. No, um, but now I've got homework and I will watch it. Uh, we already named it uh, Parasite, and uh, I'd probably throw Avengers Endgame as a double feature because I just thought it was an amazingly good wrap up to that segment of the MCU and just a great popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I have to look down my list, uh, have we talked Little Monsters yet? Uh, just in passing when us came up. Okay. Number eight, Josh Gad is fucking hysterical. Um, yeah, <laughs> the whole thing works as uh, another great entry in the uh, uh, comedy horror pantheon, which is a subgenre that I just adore. And uh, it's it's a fucking great fun time. I kind of wish they killed one of the kids. But I mean, the kids die. <laughs> yeah. Kids die, but yeah. I actually, I, I want to. None of the kids in the people. school die, but there are no. kids that are dead, uh, dead that yes. are zombified and get killed <laughs> at the very end. 
I kind of love Lupita Nyong'o's performance in this because she so easily changes from bright and cheery to deadly motherfucking bitch woman in the like yeah. a blink, and it's all subtle she's, too. She's yep. Really good. So and, she's uh, not doing a wife. crazy scream queen performance, but she yeah, <laughs> she is your wife, isn't she? The happy... I was gonna say my my wife is a kindergarten teacher, and and it it kind of resonated in our house. So. Aww, <laughs> yay, zombies and. Zombies and petty zoos go together. I just want to say that right yep. now. <laughs> Joss Gad, I think, was working something out, to be honest with you. I I want to know how much of that uh, was on the script and how much of that he improvised. I get the feeling uh, that he kind of cut 50, loose. 50. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I really feel like he was working something out because, you know, he he got his start in, like, Avenue Q and Book of Mormon, and now right. he's doing Disney films, you know, and and uh, I well, got to see him in Book of Mormon on, on Broadway, uh, which leads me to lucky. my second movie, by the way. My, my number oh. two slot, I always save for the most mainstream film I loved this year, and it also has a heroine's journey that works way better than Rise of Skywalker, by the way. Uh, and it's a pagan theme. One of the best pagan movies I saw this year, Frozen 2. Yes, motherfucker. Frozen 2 is my number two of the year. Midsummer wins only slightly more because it's a straight-up horror film and it's a drama and it's a real movie. Frozen is a musical, but it was like, it ended up being number two. I fucking love that movie. I'm going to own the Blu-ray. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to watch it. It's delightful. And a a true heroine's journey, watching someone evolve into a goddess. There's elementals in it. There's real uh, tribal Norwegian music in the movie. The, The songs are all really good this time around. I, it was a worthy successor, if not even maybe better than the set, than the original, in the sense that the story is better. Um, it's much more an adventure this time. I I fucking loved it. And Josh Gad, of course, is Olaf. So going back to little monsters, Aaron, I think because he's Olaf, he's he did uh-huh. little monsters to work some <laughs> shit out. Maybe. Maybe. I cried during, uh, like, like one of the saddest deaths in a movie this year yeah. was Frozen 2. I won't talk about it on air because it's still out in the theaters. But uh, uh, it was really <laughs> sad. But, you know, it was a heartbreaking moment. So I highly recommend Frozen 2 almost as much as Midsummer. I wouldn't necessarily recommend those movies to the same person, but... Yeah, I would. Actually, fuck it, I would. <laughs> but hmm. I actually find them in some ways two sides of the same coin. Because they're both about the hmm. heroine journey and the evolution of, of a character. Yeah. Um, so, uh, <laughs> I, I, and they're both got that pagan, runic, vibey thing going on. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's cool. I'm, I love Frozen too. So, <gasps> guess what? <laughs> We're to our final films. Some of us have lost our number ones, which is fine, because then we can end it on a film uh, from our bottom of our list, anything we want, Um, especially if you have an honorable mention still available, and I have mine, uh, and I'm going to (laughs) say it, too. But, Erin Marie, what's your number one? 
My number Come one on. film of the year, and I I didn't know it when I came out of the theater, but the more I thought about it, I was like, yeah, that was the one I was most excited about all year, and the one I'm still pissed that Taron Egerton got snubbed for the fucking Oscar, Rocket Man. Love Rocket Man. It was everything Bohemian Rhapsody wasn't. It, it yep. was a hard look. It was factual. It was. Oh, it was such a labor of love for Taryn Egerton, too, being friends with Elton John, that just everything about it blew me away. I loved it in every way. I, I, I mean, I really can't say enough things. And it's like I immediately went on Twitter at like 8 a.m. after the Oscar noms came out, like, what the fuck is this shit? Why is this Taryn Egerton nominated? Even if it wasn't going to get a major award, it should have been nominated for costume design, and I am not sure why it's not oh, there. incredible. You know, um, mm. even though I would say I would swap it out for The Irishman on this list. The other ones I would keep there. Um, <laughs> but um, it, it, it's, yeah, that's a, I'm so glad somebody had it on their list. Because uh, my friend Cindy Prasic, it's her favorite movie of the year. I think she went back to see it like five times. Wow. <laughs> so there are people that love so this movie. Woke. They love it. <laughs> so okay. Like the the more the more I think about Rocket Man and the the more times I watch it, the more I absolutely hate Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> I, I, I came out of the theater from Bohemian Rhapsody thinking, okay, well. It was fun, and now I just can't even stand to hear the words. You know, and and there's going to be a sequel to the Bohemian Rhapsody movie where they like correct a few things. I was told, but we're not going to get one for Rocket Man. So yeah, there's they're, they're de- developing a sequel to Bohemian Rhapsody, who takes place right before Live Aid, because a lot of us Queen fans really hated the back half of that movie. Factual mm. stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> The concert footage was fine. I, I, clearly, Brian Singer was trying, like, he wanted to reshoot Live Aid all his life, and that was the whole point of that movie. I swear. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, well, even though the Academy may have snubbed Mr. Egerton, we will all see him t- soon in the, in the next Kingman movie. So, you know, he'll be around I for a while. He the Golden Globe. I think. And he did win a Golden Globe. That's true. So, um, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure Joaquin Phoenix is going to win Best Actor. I'm almost positive it's him at Probably. this point. Oh, yeah. And, no, and against, since against Joaquin, Karen didn't have a chance, but he should have at least gotten that fucking nomination. Yeah, well, I felt the same way about Florence Pugh, too. I thought she should have been nominated for Best Actress, not Supporting Actress. But, you know, the yeah. Academy will never really, like, ever. They can't please everybody, but they also piss me off because they always ignore horror. But uh, I'm really surprised how much they shut out Frozen 2 and uh, Rocket Man because they only got one nomination each, and it was for songs. They didn't even yeah, pick exactly. the right song from Frozen 2. Um, that's the yeah. thing that – it's an okay song. The other song – there's at least two other songs. Show Yourself is Amazing and uh, Lost in the Woods is like my anthem. <laughs> I just love that <laughs> song. Uh, you know, Weezer did the cover of it, you know, and, and it's closer to Book of Mormon than it is to the Frozen movie in style. And and so it makes me feel good to see that, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, it was cool. So – 
We we will, Aaron. We will give these movies the love they deserve, right? Oh yeah. Right on. Yeah, exactly. So fuck the Academy that way. They need to, <laughs> you know, they're always behind the time by a few years. And next year, and he'll get a award for a movie that he was only mediocre in because they forgot to give it for Rocket Man. That happens all the time. <laughs> so, yep. all right, Queenie, yeah, what is your number one? My number one was Midsummer, but uh-huh. I think I'm going to have to put something completely different. That's uh, fine. So, here we go. Rocco's Modern Life. Aww. Nice. <laughs> My inner child was very happy to watch this. Aww. <laughs> I was a 90s kid, so things like Invader Zim, Rocco's Modern Life, shit like that. Like, I basically had a 90s night at one point, and I just watched this stuff all at once. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's fun. It reminds me of the old cartoon that I really loved, and it's not as risque as the cartoon was because I don't know if you guys know anything about Rocco's Modern Life, but like back in the yeah. day, <laughs> it was a weird ass cartoon. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It oh yeah, it was. <laughs> it was great, <laughs> and this still has like the essence of that, but it's not as it 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 just reminds you of good times basically. <laughs> It's like, yeah, this this reminds me of the good old days. Yeah, but those days are gone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe they should stay gone. I don't know, but I loved it. Very cool. Not as much as I loved Invader Zim, but, you know, I had to pick (laughs) something (laughs) for my last movie. (laughs) Because you guys have to make summer (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding, it's fine. That's wonderful, though. I mean, and it's nice to have a couple animated fixtures mixed up in there, which it's funny because yeah. it was a pretty strong year for animation, actually. Um, you know, I've, I've, other than Toy Story 4, I, I've liked every single nomination for feature. Frozen 2 was good, and then uh, Florpus was good, and Rocco's Modern World was good. I mean, they were all good. There was a lot of good animation. The, the Lego Technically, Missing Link fun. is amazing. I haven't seen, that's the only, oh, I still don't have Missing Link. I have, I have yet to see that one. So I actually have two on the list I haven't seen. The story no, isn't think... that strong, and I'm not a, a huge fan of the characters uh, and the style of the animation. I, I'm not really in love with the character style, uh, how they look. But technically, it's just astonishing. It's stop motion. Uh, it, it's it's like as just pinnacle as far as technical achievement. I did see the Wallace and uh, the Ardman Entertainment movie about the sock guy, the the guy that teaches cavemen to play soccer. Early man, yeah. I think it is. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. That was actually all right. Oh, and I saw uh, Hidden World as well, the dragon movie. Um, it's not the best of the three, but it was definitely a nice, again, a, a decent bow on, on my present, mm-hmm. you know, it ended, it tied up things nicely and I like that. So yeah, there was a uh, lot of good yeah. animation. Yeah. The, so, the ending actually made me cry. It the whole, did, it did. Aww. Aww, it was tearing their children. It was so fucking cute. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny, like, I get verklempt watching Hiccup grow up, and I'm like, why am I getting verklempt with an animated character? But I felt like I've watched him evolve, and it just tells you how well-written these movies are. You really got to know these people and their world, and and I'm really glad that those movies exist, especially the first one, which is one of the best anti-war films I've seen in years, and it also came out right at the pinnacle of the Iraqi war. Uh, so it was so timely when it came out. Uh, and I really appreciated it for that. So, um, so Steve, number one. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> my number one is Todd Phillips' Joker. And um, <laughs> I saw it, uh, you know, I usually don't go to the, oh, wait, 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 wait. My number one's a tie with that and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm sorry. Um, okay. So Ties are I didn't know if we wanted to save. Uh, yeah, I didn't know if we wanted to wait and just save Joker for the episode so I can talk no, about Tarantino no, no, no. if you want. Talk or... about, no, no, you have a tie. You're allowed to talk about it. We're not going to do the Joker thing for a few weeks. So. Okay, cool. Well, uh, the Joker movie, um, I've always wanted something like that. I remember when it was first announced um, – uh, I immediately was drawn to just the idea of something smaller budgeted and something that wasn't trying to ape Marvel's style. Because I don't know if people have noticed, but as a DC fan, that hasn't exactly worked for us um, in the past few years. So I thought the idea was really cool from right off the bat. Um, I understand that the film polarizes people, and I don't like a lot of the... Um, I don't like some of the connotations that um, are there. I think that perhaps some things miss the mark in terms of being uh, the, the, on a social side. Um, but I think that uh, that being said, um, I, if I keep, if I just check out and just view it as a film, I think that well, number one, I love the production design of it. I felt like Gotham. I, I wanted to spend more time in that Gotham City. Like it looked like uh, definitely a. Um, I mean, uh, the the comparisons to early Scorsese aren't just uh, there. There, that, that's what it is. Um, so it's a complete like ripoff. It was intentional. Um, no, it was intentional. Uh, yeah. it, was, it was the homage. Yeah, not it's absolutely intentional. Yeah. And I think it's like we're talking love letters. I think it's very much a love letter to um, early Scorsese. And also other films like, like Network. Uh, there's a lot of – yeah, there, I thought there was like a lot of Network in there and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, so, uh, But uh, what I really liked about the film is uh, her score. I don't even want to try to pronounce Hilda's yeah. last name, but I was so happy. Yeah, that's my favorite thing about the, the movie. Soundtrack yeah, that it score really was amazing. If, if, yeah. if John yeah. Williams doesn't win, which he is I, – I think it might be her. Uh, I really yeah, do. I, I hope so. I really do hope so. I because I, she also did the Chernobyl score, which uh, was also <laughs> I thought awesome. Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, I just think she's really talented. But also, um, what is uh, I, if I can just boil it down to a couple things? Like I said, I love the way that the film looks. Um, number one, that was the biggest thing for me. And the, you put that with the music, and I was just like a kid in a candy store when it comes to. Um, uh, aesthetics like just being visually pleasing and of course Joaquin Phoenix's uh, performance just sold me kind of every step of the way and there is a sadness uh, about the film that, and there is a um, um, 
a feeling of isolation from Arthur Fleck that I really liked. And I just, it was really nice at the end of the day, no matter how I think people end up feeling about it or not. It, it just as a fan of these properties, as you know, DC is my marble. And, um, uh, just, but just as a fan of this universe, um, or what, you know, these characters, it was really cool to just see something different that wasn't a wild, messy swing, uh, into the unknown, you know, and it, and I mean, it kind of was in a different way, but I, you know, it wasn't a big kind of bloated mess. It was just trying to get this billion dollar mark because Marvel did it. And I think that Marvel has a very special thing going right now with what they do. It's not, uh, all of it doesn't work for me as well as some of it, but the stuff that works for me really works. And, you know, they, they, it's the biggest thing on planet earth. So, but when anybody else tries to do it, they don't do it right because they don't have the same team. And so I just want, you know, Todd Phillips said um, that he said, you can't beat Marvel. So why even try? And I, I was like, yeah, so why don't you guys do something different? And it is a film not everybody's going to like it, but I think if they keep going that route, and I don't mean in tone, like everybody doesn't need a sad, you know, an R-rated, dark, gritty film, but um, if you just keep going in that tone where they can kind of bring it maybe down some a little bit to, um, you know, letting film make just having um, be a flip side to Marvel is what I'm trying to say, to where it's just you know you can come to Warner Brothers and see a different kind of comic book movie experience, which I think that also to its credit, like Marvel films like Deadpool and Logan paved the way for Joker to exist. And so um, in my, you know, just in my opinion, uh, the more um, branching out and diverse I can get my comic book films, the more I will go see them. So, uh, you know, that, that being said, uh, that's really all I can say. This movie's in everybody's faces. And I think a lot of people are kind of tired of talking about it. Um, uh, so yeah, whether you like it or not, which I loved it. If if this conversation was a couple months ago, I'd be way more obnoxious about it. But, uh, at this point, I just, I like it a lot and I understand that, uh, a lot of people don't, but those are the the visuals and the kind of love letter to early Scorsese and stuff like that. And the music, those are the things that really work for me. I can do without the, I will just close by saying I, when I, the more I watch it, I see the problems people have with it in terms of what it may be saying. And uh, I think it is problematic and kind of, it could be dangerous, but. Um, uh, so, eat the yeah. rich. Yeah, no, I'm with that. I'm, I'm totally with you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that. Rich. But uh, yeah, I'm with you on that a hundred percent of the way. I just don't want anybody to think that I'm championing some kind of like, you know, angry white male violence because I'm not, you know, it, but it, I just, uh, yeah. But it's but not I, about I, that. It, 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 it's, no. It, it's, gonna, it's the same no, as Midsummer. It it's it's about how we treat, you know, I was really impressed in the sense that the two, two of the, you're number one and a lot of us had Midsummer on their number one, both kind of like hit the mental illness, like facing it head on, like, like yeah. not, you know, and you don't see that very often. And as somebody that has, like, I have bipolar and I'm an addict, and so I, I really kind of appreciate movies that do that and don't make it, um, you know, just a textbook picture of silliness or something, you know, uh, or fall on every stereotype. And I'm not saying that they're perfect. Uh, and then obviously what Arthur Fleck does is is, is the rare 
rarest of rare horrific cases, but it it, it does absolutely happen. Um, that, you know, I'm, it, it's a heightened film or whatever. But those, like Queenie said earlier, my biggest fear is my mind, and my biggest is what I not necessarily maybe what I am capable of. But when I see films that put, like you said, mental illness out there front and center, regardless of what it is then I just, it's not that, you know, I, I, do I feel heard or spoken for? I don't know if I'm in a position to feel that way, but I, it does feel, I don't know if good's the word, but it, it feels like somebody's at least trying to talk to a marginal. It's cathartic. Uh, uh, it's called cathartic. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. There you go. So, yeah, there you go. It's my number one. Joker. You're getting so. representation. I'm, I, I am surprised it's nominated exactly. for 11 it's, Academy it's, Awards. I, was, yeah, I think I that's a little excessive. but Me too, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> I definitely did not oh. see it as uh, a glorification of mental illness, more um, what can happen when society lets down someone who needs help. And eat the yeah. rich. That's how I feel. And eat the rich. Uh, yeah, yeah. Eat the rich. Hey, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Aaron. No, Hogan. You. Yeah. You're yeah, number Joker one. Is maybe my least favorite comic book movie of all time. And that's even comparing oh, wow. it with Frank Miller's The Spirit, which was an abomination. <laughs> oh, wow. I can never get through that. But I can never we'll, get we'll through that. We'll wait for a Joker episode to really get into it. Yeah. But um, I, hear, I, I, I just want to hear your point of view. Oh my God! I I loathe this script from top to bottom. I don't see it as an homage, as a direct ripoff of two films which are a thousand times better than this. Uh, The joke. Well, like I said, when we get into the Joker episode, we'll get into it. But uh, my my favorite uh, number one film is is a tie between Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Jojo Rabbit. <laughs> oh, cool! All right, well, talk, yeah. talk. We we're running short on time, so talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because you guys both tied it, and then a real quick one on Jojo Rabbit. And oh then my God! So, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is just peak Tarantino. Uh, I can't wait to see the director's cut. I I'm I'm frothing to oh. think of what Tim Roth was in that film, and and I can't wait to find out. But uh, there are so many good little moments all along the way, all along the journey. But um, we really hit peak Tarantino at the very, very end when uh, uh, Manson's people are walking up the driveway. And then it just goes full fucking violent revisionist fantasy. And that's what Tarantino does best. And it's so much fun. Oh, my God. I don't want to ruin yeah. the ending, but, uh, oh, God, it, it's just a blast and a half. And Jojo Rabbit, um, not nearly as polished as a lot of other things, but oh, Taika has so much heart in this film. And it's, I, I laughed out loud so many times. The, the lady... At the very end of the film, the lady in front of me said, was that you laughing that much? And I said, yeah, sorry. She said, no, don't apologize. You, like, gave us permission to laugh or whatever. And like, oh, it was freaking fun. Yeah, yeah it really touched awesome. me. But, um, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's moving. It's a moving film, and I really liked it. And 
I really like the message of Jojo Rabbit too. Plus, who? How can you not love a film where a kid says "fuck you, Hitler" and kicks Hitler through the wall <laughs> in the crotch? Come on! You <laughs> made me cry. Jojo got me emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I I agree. It's yeah. It's good. Go ahead, Aaron. Marie. Oh, I was just going to say, am I getting it right? Like, Jojo Rabbit is one of the movies that I really wanted to try to get in. I was going to try to go see it in the theater because they've got the Oscar nominations in theaters at the moment, but I didn't get a chance to. And am I correct in assuming that Hitler is his imaginary friend? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, yes. And, and, and Aaron, and, you, you have a chance to see it. They just re-released it for, um, in the theaters again. And there's nothing quite as good, especially in these dark fucking times, as a Polynesian Jew playing Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> can, can you guys still Fuck hear yeah. me? Can you still yes. hear me? Yeah. Okay, good, good. Yes. I wasn't sure. Okay. Um, excellent. So I, I, I have yet, those are the, like top of my list of the, of my shame list this year. I did not get either one of those movies in and I'm sure it might've affected the list, especially Jojo rabbit. Cause right now, I mean, Takia Watiti can walk on shards of glass and I would walk on glass with him. I would watch it. You know, I, I, uh, he's on (laughs) on a roll again and every, and I love his Marvel movies. They're talking about giving him a star Wars film. I know they are. (laughs) I know they are. Uh, First in line. He's going to get all the toys. So my, since my number one was Midsummer, guys, I'm going to bring up my honorable mention and end with a movie that would make, if normally, would have made my top ten if I hadn't have been in it. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to end this with my honorable mention for the SP2, Beats of Rays, the sequel to the SP, the 2008 Dance, dance, revolution, gangster movie, post-apocalyptic but not real movie, not really film. Um, I felt I fell in love with the first movie, and then I helped out with the second movie, and I'm in the second movie. Uh, 27 Amazon Prime, 27 minutes in, you'll see me, and then you see me for the rest of the movie. It's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. You can do a drinking game with me. Um, and then. Uh, you know, and, and Sarah Trost, who's on a roll with, you know, Mighty Gemstones and Vice Principals and this movie, her costumes are amazing. She won an award in Brazil for costumes. Once again, we had great people behind the helm. And Jason Trost is about to shoot two more movies that myself and Aaron Kogan are going to get to help with. I'm so excited. Once again, mm-hmm. February, the weekend of February 22nd. So it's a good way to end it because I've never had been able to say, hey, you can see a movie and you can see it right now and I'm in it. And I know that sounds egoistic, but it's not really about that. It's more like years and years of dreaming and saving money. And, and Aaron Marie knows I've been pocketing a little bit of cash for to really drop on a movie for a long time and I finally found the yep. movies I wanted to drop the money on and I dropped money on that movie and, and, and they gave me a producer credit I'm going to get to go see the opening which might be Fantastic Fest which will be like oh my god I've always wanted to go to Fantastic Fest and 
I also oh, yeah. dropped a little bit of cash on Jill Six's current film, The Stylist, which is shooting right now. It was written by the guy who wrote Late Phases, which is, oh, my God. Um, and uh, nice. she's, she is um, um, day six of principal photography. So, Jill, we're very proud of you. So not only was it a good year for movies, our friends had a good year for movies. And we're so happy when our friends do well. And I'm so happy that Jason and Gigi and Jill and Queenie, thank you for being on the show. Hey, no problem. I'm so happy that you're back. And watch her on YouTube very soon. She'll be talking about Midsummer in detail on her show this weekend. And uh, thank you to my sexy witch cast, Erin Marie, the sexy porn witch, Raven Jasper Hawk, the Enchantress of Nevermore, Steve the Wizard of Wandling, which, by the way, we premiere our own show, Repo Nerds, on the 20, uh, 29th, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Cabin Boy, yeah, the 1980s Popeye, and Monkey Bone. Yes, we're going there. Weirder yeah. films than cats. And maybe I'll have cats <laughs> in there at the time. And thank you, of course, to the cuz and my partner in crime at San Diego and all things L.A. And I'll be seeing you in a few weeks. Right on. So yeah. thank you everyone that's been listening and I'm going to leave you tonight with um, my favorite musical sequence in a movie from 2019. It's an older film song. It's from 2017, but it was from Booksmart. Um, it's called Slip Away by Perfect Genius. So good night or Perfume Genius. Um, uh, good night, everyone. Blessed be. Good film hunting. See you in a few couple weeks.
तुमने 